happen later. And I mean, it was just this whole series of, of <laughs> insulting ads that was that were up around the city for a couple of weeks. And when they were initially being investigated, uh, I mean, it, it just seemed like a big hoax. So um, even the Washington Post uh, covered this story. Um, apparently, when uh, when Airbnb was contacted initially, and the question was, are these are these signs actually real? Uh, their retort was, what, as opposed to fake ones? So clearly, we've got a company who's making a lot of money uh, from uh, hosting, their, you know, holding their business here in San Francisco, basically acting as a marketplace. And really, what we're seeing is these $12 million in taxes uh, generated are really being paid by the hosts themselves, because they're the ones who are paying the 14% hotel tax in San Francisco. So a really, a really poor taste, tasteless move on, on their part. And so it's things like that, that really show where the, the, those kind of companies are coming from. And especially in the face of a housing crisis in San Francisco, we certainly need to set the precedent and set the standard for companies who want to come in and basically turn San Francisco into a hotel service. So yes, on Proposition F to regulate these short-term rent, uh, short-term rental units, and actually have them comply with city law, and yes, on Prop I for looking forward towards more sustainable development, whereby residents are not getting displaced by luxury condos and thus quite often priced out of San Francisco because of the skyrocketing rents. So those are my two cents for Prop I and Prop F. Vote yes. And I want to end today's show with a poem that I wrote several years ago. Um, I was living in Petrero Hill at the time, and from the back of our house, we had this great view of the entire San Francisco Bay, and just a couple blocks behind it, there was a, a, a condo going up. It's actually over the Whole Foods over there in Petrero Hill, and um, when we moved in, it was just being built, and I asked the landlord at the time, I said, how high is that building going? He said, oh, I just think one more story. Well, they went up two and a half, and it totally cut off our view of the bay. Um, it was a beautiful, beautiful thing. So at the time, uh, I wrote this poem and subsequently sent it into the Beat Museum of North Beach uh, poetry contest, and this won first place. Um, so they actually published this, uh, the Beat Museum Poetry Anthology Volume 1, back in 08 or 09. And here's how it goes, if I can recall off the top of my head. Simple world, covered over with glitz and grit and greed. Pushers of plastic paradise succeed in subduing intellect, creating craze, and driving us up the walls. New buildings have to bring in trees that fit the look of industry. Digital decorum blocks bay views and creativity, cutting off everything but the shadowed tips of the distant mountain tops. But what can we do to stop it? Corporate cops prevent criminal pursuits. Phone calls can't get through customer service to the real suits who could care less for taste or class. Or the world of brass on which their gold-plated piles rest. Backs and hearts broken, and the new patrons will be smoking off their milk mother macchiato madness. Cappuccino cups piled in the trash, just another heap to have to look past. But just think, not everyone gets to sit on such green grass as ours. So we're lucky of sorts by far. 
but it still doesn't sit us above the bar from which the lead-handed gold watches govern and hover, handing out standard and gift certificate covers, holiday printed for seasonal sales, keeping up appearances for their other shallowed males, and the prepaid graves from which they hail, waving their graphic flags in our faces without any good graces, just ugly carpetbag intentions to enrich themselves while ignoring the masses. Thank you for listening to Women's Magazine with Global Val here on Friday, October 30th, 2015. And remember, just when your aspirations seem outrageous, that inspiration is contagious. Peace and thank you to all and get out and vote.
Welcome to the Common Thread Collective here at MutinyRadio.fm. We're here at the corner of 21st and Florida Streets in the Mission District of San Francisco. I'm Global Val, and I'm here, of course, with Diamond Dave. Hey, Dave. Yeah, well, here I be, as you see, well, as you hear out there in, uh, in Mutiny you. Radio land. Well, today is the, uh, today is the, uh, the, the last Friday of the first Tuesday. And of course, uh, the I say the first Tuesday because Election Day in San Francisco is the uh, first Tuesday, uh, uh, the first Tuesday in November, which is coming right up. So we want to do this today, Friday, right here, the first, last Friday and the first Tuesday. As you've had, a, we've been covering the election; it's coming right up now. We've been covering it. We're talking about it. We're going to do it. But this time, today, on this Friday, we're going to do what they call in voting or voting uh, activist circles, GOTV. Or get, get out get a, the vote. Get out the vote. So here we are, and we got the brother. We're talking about Save the Mission. Our mission be to save the mission and in the city. 
that's that uh, city, in the city, on the planet, in the street. So, hey, Val, here we be, and here be Ubi. That's right. Just away. when you think everything's He's gone, be all right. gone crazy. You oh, might be goodness. right. But you know what? Thanks, Ubi, for letting us know everything is actually going to be all so right. don't give up. And don't give in. Right, right, everything. Everything's going to be all right. I know sometimes it may not seem as such, um, but the truth of the matter is is that there's a lot of love circulating around this planet here, and uh, 
I hope it lands on your shoulder. Um, we are here in the Common Thread Collective, and this is kind of what uh, this is kind of what we do. You know, we try to spread the love around the world, um, spread the word, of course. Uh, as, we, as we're sitting here talking for three hours every Friday, can you believe that? Um, I can barely believe that sometimes myself. Um, and Dave and I actually, Dave's been doing this here at uh, Mutiny Radio for a long, long uh, time. Back back when it was Pirate Cat. Um, I used to come in a couple times, uh, you know, here and there. But then uh, with Mutiny Radio, I've been rocking this shit for since like 2010. It's like five years. It's amazing. So um, definitely keep coming back because it is important. Um, it's important to be part of the community. It's important to build community, important to learn from one another. And, of course, it uh, brings great it's a great service to be able to let people come in and express themselves um so we can find that common thread let life flourish and don't panic just keep it organic and we're trying to ascertain uh, val what kind of, uh, what kind of panicking is going on i just talked to calvin's partner michelle and he's on his way out it's calvin welch who he and i have been in this for quite some time and the, uh, these election days, these election days, and at this time, this is the last Friday before, before the first before Thursday. the election, right? And uh, hopefully, people are coming through to let us uh, to take part in this set, which is called "Get Out the Vote," is to assure people that if we're going to call, if, we're, if our mission is to save the mission, and uh, and if our mission is to save the mission in order to save San Francisco. Our mission is to start right here. Our mission is to start right here in the mission and to reach out across the country because for so many people, San Francisco has been a, a spot where you could put your thumb out where you could get here. Where that vagabond path of you had a minor being a poetry, being whatever it is you'd like to be involved, San Francisco is the place. We want to keep, we'll keep this happening. And this is what uh, the Common Thread Collective is all about. Am I right, uh, Val? It is. I mean, we're here not only uh, covering... Uh, local activism, but also worldwide activism and and things that are affecting folks around uh, the planet. Um, some things affecting everybody around the planet. And uh, a lot of musicians come through, poets, writers, thinkers, travelers. Um, it is we're kind of a we're kind of a, a way station here uh, at the on the Common Thread Collective, where the doors open, our our minds are open, our our hearts are open, and we and uh, you know good things come through. And we have seen the word that used to be in the 70s, they were cultural workers. That, uh, that uh, seems a little, was, seemed a little, always seemed a little PC to me, but cultural workers for sure. In fact, a good example of this is a man who I've known for many years. I'm talking about our brother Bloodflower, who now is part of our collective, our loose collective, and you can be too. And I'd always like to have the show open up with Bloodflower, and he's brought his guitar today. And so, Bloodflower, uh, I know you're there. Bloodflower, let's open up with some music, and then we're going to do some getting. It's all about getting out the vote and saying, Thank hey. Thank you. Thank you. Take it away, Bloodflower.
Thank you. Thank very you. Happy Halloween, everybody. <laughs> Happy Halloween. Very pretty. Uh, if Halloween could only be that mellow. Uh, if anybody, you guys are going out, out on Halloween, be safe out there, huh? Be careful. Look out for one another. Uh, have a lot of fun, but don't go over the edge. And I would recommend... Wear some comfortable shoes. Uh, you know, I, it's it's just kind of a little pet peeve of mine that uh, a lot of a lot of outfits seem to, you know, people think that they have to wear some sort of big ridiculous shoes in order to go out on the town. And really, I mean, if you can't walk, you're either wearing the wrong shoes or you're too drunk. So let's avoid both of those things, huh? Um, practicality. I'm just saying. Just, just that's your public service announcement from Global Val. Um, but we're here in the studio right now and we've got Diamond Dave's back and Calvin Welch has joined us because coming up Tuesday is the election here in San Francisco City and County of with some pretty important things as always. Um, but definitely right now, important things coming up on the ballot. Welcome. Hey, hey Calvin, welcome. It's okay. This be this be our show called The Last Friday Before the First Tuesday. This will be a show which you're going to put around getting out the vote, encouraging people that there's a chance to, as this brother says, save the mission. To uh, uh, the, Our mission is save the mission. And, of course, it seems to me that uh, if San Francisco is to be saved for people, for the arts, for people coming through, for, uh, for, for people coming through it uh, of every sort who don't have the do-re-mi, to stay these days, we better do just that. Yeah, and even yeah. and even families too, who just that's uh, what we're talking about. Have of kind of fallen behind the the market trend. And, uh, and you're right. If you get out the vote, some comfortable shoes are really needed. <laughs> and this is what we'd be why we'd be here, Calvin. Calvin, so good to see you. We might be be joined some some others. And uh, Calvin, we've been through this these uh, first Tuesdays, uh, many going back to the 70s. Going back to district elections, before uh, going through a bunch of propositions. I remember the, the anti-high-rise one. Some of which were a few, which some of which we won, some of which we lost. But we still keep on trucking, hey brother, trucking. And you'll be here. Proposition F is a particular interesting. Proposition I, F. We'll talk about all of those and how people can get out because they're all connected. They're all about to save the nation. So Calvin. From your perspective, all the years you've spent uh, uh, doing this, this is the time where we take a look back, to take a look forward. What's, what's your view of where we are now and where we're going? Well, I think uh, there's uh, an old saying that uh, when you think you're in the middle of hell, uh, uh, keep walking forward. Um, and that's what I think uh, we're about doing, and that's what we're doing. Um, both F and I got on the ballot by signatures. <clears throat> uh, we were not supposed, in either case, to challenge uh, uh, the vested interests in this town. And the vested interests in this town are real estate developers, market rate real estate developers, and technology companies. Um, Airbnb, the principal source, the only source of funding for no on F, uh, uh, has spent uh, uh, probably close to $11 million dollars. To defeat uh, a measure that was put on the ballot by uh, San Francisco voters. Developers uh, opposed to Proposition I have probably spent uh, in the order of magnitude of two to three million dollars to defeat a measure that was placed on the ballot by uh, signatures again. So the, the question becomes uh, not whether or not uh, we uh, prevail in these individual battles, but whether or not we prevail 
in a war, and let's not make any mistake here, we are in a war. We are in a war not only in this neighborhood, in this city, not only in this city. Uh, it is interesting to note that the median income of the United States is less than it was in 2008, that we have never really recovered from the Great Recession, and that uh, the, the disquiet that is in our politics is the disquiet of a people seeking solutions and a government refusing to provide those solutions, a government totally and completely at virtually every level uh, of uh, a government, the national level, the state level, the local level, who are in the control or certainly under the influence of uh, 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 big money. And uh, that in and of itself is a profound challenge. It's interesting to note that's happening on the Republican Party as well, that there is a quote-unquote populist uh, it is racist and nativist, as uh, all too often populism in the United States is. Uh, but it is a populist revolution happening in uh, uh, the Republican Party, rejecting the candidates uh, of the uh, uh, most vested interest, with the, of course, exception of uh, Donald Trump, who is the vested interest. Uh, but uh, he seems to be slipping a little bit, uh, uh, and I believe uh, uh, certainly that will probably be the case. I don't believe Donald Trump will be the Republican Party nominee. But the point I'm trying to make is big money isn't working for anybody but big money. And in fact, we've, and now we've, I've gotten a point, and you probably have too. We're no longer, we're no longer I'm, I'm no longer sure of what's accidental and what's deliberate. How much of this, you mentioned 2008, it seemed to be, it seemed to be they're fuck up, they're messing up, they're, they're, but now we're beginning to wonder with what we see now, looking back with some kind of hindsight, how much of this is being engineered from above? Well, I, I don't know if it's engineered well, maybe from that's above. Not the proper word. Uh, it, it is certainly Manipulated, been maybe. used uh, by those people uh, in uh, positions of financial power to their benefit. Uh, it is, of course, you know, fascinating to, to realize that not one banker went to jail and tens of thousands of Americans lost their home and many of them went to jail resisting losing their homes. Uh, it is a, a remarkable period in history that I can understand produces a certain cynicism amongst folks. But I'm here with the word, and the word is, is, it does work if you are involved. Just take a look at the other side. It's working real well for the other side. Because they've stayed involved. Now they may have only stayed involved in terms of cash contributions. But they participate, and it's working real well for them. We get so upset. We get so confused. We get so set aside. We get so deep in despair that we give up the only power that we have, the power that people fought and died for, uh, uh, not 150 years ago, 40 years ago. I mean, people fought and died for the vote. Uh, and it is critically important, and this I know for sure. 
<coughs> if you don't use the vote, government won't work for you. I, that is absolutely certain. Right. That if you do not participate, it will not work for you. And to assume that it will, should work for you, and until it does, you're not going to participate, hmm. you're a fool. And it will never work for you. The way government works in this system is you got to grab it by the neck, you got to hold it firm, and you got to make it work. And make the easiest part of making it work is bestirring yourself next Tuesday and casting a vote. Casting that vote, casting that wide net, and certainly I've got that Bob Dylan line came to me, money doesn't talk, it swears. And we're seeing a lot of this swearing going on, and we want to, I consider my, I call myself an anarchist who votes. And hopefully I'm not the only one. Hopefully we can understand that let's bring, but hey, another day, let's bring it all back home and start uh, right here. And next week we're going to look back and say, I have a postmortem to see where we go from here. But we have, let's, uh, we have a, we have a series of, uh, a series of propositions, uh, a vote that are going to be on the ballot. Let's speak a bit about each one of them and how they're connected to one another. We have, there's a pile, there's a pile there on the piano here of the League of Pissed Off Voters who have pretty well laid it out. Let's do this uh, at the moment, uh, going through each one and uh, how they're connected one another. And certainly I want to say to you, Calvin, that if there's a bottom line, a top line, how we roll here on this show, the Common Thread, the common thread Collective is to be a voice of, not the voice, who would, I wouldn't want to say that, but a voice of this movement to bring together the people, the culture, and a movement engendering, keeping that moving, that movement rolling on. And, uh, and as, uh, as we said, we came in, and this is in the good to be the documentary, we're in the mission, our mission is to save the mission to save the mission, we have to look planet-wide right here. So, hey, Calvin, we're on the same page. So let's get out of that box and push that envelope. So, so let's take a look. Now, Proposition A, and uh, this is Val. I don't think you've met Val. This is Val, my co-host. How you doing? Val, and she's been looking carefully at the, uh, nice reading carefully the voter's guide. And so, uh, Val, by all means, jump in. And we have some words. Now, Prop A is the one about affordable housing is put out of. And for a while was that. Now I noticed in, uh, in my mailbox, there's something that looks like thousands of these uh, this flyers coming in, which is uh, vote yes on A, vote no on I. And I wonder to what degree this connection has been made from the beginning, because these people, these hired guns, they've hired. Now, these are hired guns. These are not people who are passionate about these things. They're people by hired guns to do these tactics and strategies, to write this stuff, and, and fool people to think that they should be voting against their own interests. Am I right? So let's take a look. What, uh, let's start on Prop A. Take a look. What do you right. know about that? It, 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 well, Proposition A is the fourth time that we put a general obligation bond to pay for affordable housing development in San Francisco. Uh, the first time in 1996, it was successful. We became the first city in the United States to use its bonded indebtedness uh, through a general obligation bond to build housing able to be afforded by extremely low, low and moderate income people. Uh, it was $100 million. Uh, for those of us who were involved in that campaign, we thought $100 million was a lot of money in 1996. I mean, uh, in 1996, $100 million was a lot of money. I mean, it's it's more than I think you make a week, uh, um, right about that. David. A lifetime. And, and, uh, <laughs> a lifetime. Uh, uh, today, uh, <laughs> just today, about, just about. Uh, 
um, with the federal government, I, I just want to leave people with, with uh, one uh, understanding. Uh, there was a period when the federal government was involved in urban housing development and the development of affordable housing and public housing in urban areas across the United States. Uh, Barack Obama, who, after all, ran for office being a community organizer, and if you um, uh, read carefully and go back and read what programs he organized about, he, he organized for a federally, through HUD, a federally funded program to do weatherization in low-income people's homes. That program doesn't exist anymore. Barack Obama's recent budget, most recent budget, 2015-2016 federal fiscal year budget, has a budget for HUD that adjusted for inflation is 14% of the last HUD budget under Jimmy Carter. Oh, my goodness. 14% of the last budget submitted by Jimmy Carter for a, uh, a national housing program. The federal government has turned its back on central cities. And that means that state and local governments are the only and main source for affordable housing. And let's make another point clear. There is no such thing as a market solution to affordable housing. We cannot build our way. That's why we have Prop I on the ballot. The market produces housing unable to be afforded by the overwhelming majority of San Franciscans. There is no market-based solution to affordability. If we build, the magic uh, chant is that if we build enough market rate housing, if we build enough $2 million condos, somehow at the bottom, <laughs> it will get cheap. housing will get cheap. Well, if you believe that, uh, uh, you're selling stock in beefsteak mines uh, uh, or buying stock, worse, in beefsteak mines. It is absolute hokum and sheer BS that there is a market rate solution to affordability. The only solution is government subsidy of the development of housing. Because there is no such thing as affordable land. There is no such thing as affordable sheetrock. There is no such thing as affordable concrete. There is no such thing as affordable nails or two-by-fours. You, you have to pay market rate for all of that stuff if you're going to build housing or if you're going to rehab housing or if you're going to help people acquire housing. You have to pay market rate. We don't have a Red Army. We cannot seize the land and then defend it against uh, the United States Army. We, we don't have that capacity. True. Uh, so we're going to have to do it the old-fashioned way. We're going to have to buy it. And to buy it means you have to pay market rate. So you need money, and you need government money, and you need money that says, I don't want to profit. We need, a, money that, uh, we need mo a source of money that says housing in and of itself is an economic investment in the future of our communities and the future of our cities. That's what public money should be about, making those kinds of investments. So the only way you really get affordable housing is by a subsidy produ produced by the 73. public sector to write down the costs of producing new housing so that people of low and moderate means 
can afford to pay because the government has taken 70% of the cost off their back, okay? Uh, we, we can afford housing that is 30% of what it costs now. People now can afford that. People now pay 80% of their income for rent, 90% of their income for rent. So if we cut the price to 40% or 30% of their income for rent, they can afford that and they can live at current uh, uh, in their current employment situation. We have to find that entity to come in and write down 70%. That's the public sector. That's what Proposition A is supposed to be about. Okay. Now, that would, now, of course... The problem uh, is that Proposition A is being paid for, the campaign is being paid for by market rate developers because market rate developers are rational guys and they know that if they can get a tax passed, a, a bond passed, we won't be jamming them for high fees, so they'll support a general obligation bond. They'll put money into a general obligation bond. But they've got political strings to that money. And one of those political strings is you've got to oppose F and you've got to oppose I. So we'll contribute to yes on A, a good thing, and people should not be confused. They should vote for A. Sure. But all of your campaign materials must be no on I and no on F because that will cost us money. And that's the political dilemma uh, that we uh, uh, face, and we've got to be smart enough and uh, 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 strong enough to understand, call that bluff, vote yes on A, vote yes on F, and vote yes on I. If you can't take their money and vote against them, you don't belong in this city right now. Well, let me ask you this then. Obviously, it's. Uh, uh, I remember McGovern. Was, uh, was it McGovern when he got on the? Uh, they said, "Why are you joining the government policy? Uh, the, the government operations." He said, "If uh, the media is the message, then uh, operations is policy." So let's say we, we pass and uh, that uh, operation A, the, uh, that uh, proposition A. It passes, who's going to control the church, whether it be a battle over the purse strings, whether the Board of Supervisors have a, have a part of that, who's going to, the, it's passed, it's $100 million, where, who's going to control that? $310 million. Three, $310 million. $310 million. The, the pressure of the people in the mission was so powerful, they couldn't get past prop, uh, uh, the, the prop I. But the mayor felt the pressure enough that he... It originally proposed a bond for $250 million, and we all laughed at him and said, you got to be kidding me. That won't even cover the amount of housing that we're losing to short-term rentals, to Airbnb. So uh, 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 Avalos put on the table a countermeasure for $500 million and uh, didn't have much support uh, within the Board of Supervisors uh, because they didn't think it was practical. We've got a practical Board of Supervisors. Um, uh, and um, so the mayor nonetheless felt the political pressure enough that he put $50 million, an additional $50 million into his bond program, uh, specifically for the mission, to build affordable housing in the mission. Who is going, and that's specified in the bond, uh, about 80% of the bond will go, uh, excuse me, about $210 million of the bond, including that $50 million will go to households earning 100% of median or below. Uh, household of four in San Francisco, median income is about $90,000. 50% of median income is about $45,000. 30% of median income is about $30,000. For a family of four, that's, sure. that's two breadwinners. 
so we're talking about really affordable housing. There's the other roughly 30% will go to housing up to 140% of median, uh, which is a little, a little uh, uh, too rich for my blood, but taken as a whole, uh, Proposition A uh, uh, should be supported. Yeah, and even, um, I mean, if we're talking about the, the medium income, right, um, the, here in the voter, voter guide, they talk about the median income. So for one person, the median income is $71,350, and you're talking about- That's 100%. That's 100%. Right. That's 100%. So 140%, that's just for a single person. Uh, for two people, two breadwinners, we're saying, would be 80, $81,500. You know, and that's that's just two people having a couple of forty thousand dollar a year jobs, jobs right? right? And one hundred and forty percent of the median for the two two person household is a one hundred and fourteen thousand. Um, again, kind of jobs that are that's that's two teachers. Yeah, it's two teachers. Yeah, so you know, two. I mean, we're not talking about the rich. You yeah, know? we're talking about. Working people, I mean, uh, unions don't even like to use working class anymore. They like to talk about working families. Working families. Uh, but we're talking about working class people. That in, in San Francisco, we're talking about working class people. So we're talking about building a housing. This money, let's say it passes. This by the bond passes. So money will be available to build housing. Well, to aimed, build, to acquire build. Uh, housing, um, build, acquire and housing, rehabilitate. aimed at these different, uh, 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 are aimed at these different levels of income. Correct. Right? Every every year, the city, uh, the city has a five-year plan, just like, just like China, um, uh, and it's required by the federal government uh, to have a a uh, housing uh, assisted housing plan. And uh, uh, in that assisted housing plan, uh, a variety of housing needs have been identified. And depending upon the availability of what little amount of federal money is uh, available, the city likes to try to match with local funds, uh, state and federal funds that are available for housing for people with AIDS, for seniors, uh, for families with children. Uh, and so each year it, it shifts a little bit. I can tell you that between roughly 1975 and, and 2015, we have built about 30,000 uh, uh, permanently affordable housing units. And 50% of those units have been able to be afforded by people earning below 50% of median and over half, that is to say 25% of the units have been available to seniors and about 25% have been built for families with dependent children. So uh, we know how to do that. We do, it a, we do it pretty well. There are community and faith-based nonprofit affordable housing developers that are very skilled and very dedicated, do a pretty good job, do better than a pretty good job, do a, a real good job of doing that. The problem has been that both state and federal matching funds have declined so that the burden has fallen more heavily uh, on San Francisco revenue. Okay, now, uh, let's uh, so let's jump to the chase a little bit. In that, let's say so if I, if 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 Prop A passes, 
and then if the Pape passes, that means this bond issue will be will be said. Well, this bond issue will be issued. Will be bought. The money will the money will be available. Then if Popeye passes, which I, if I understand it right, we'll have an eight-month moratorium, so that some of that very housing you're talking I, about. I believe it's an 18 month. 18, oh, 18 month. month. Yeah. Oh, thank yeah. you. It's an 18 month. And uh, so that will give time. For some of that, uh, for for some of these projects that you're talking about on these various income levels to be developed right here in the mission, right here in the city. Well, it just isn't a a moratorium. It's it's a moratorium, if you will, with its sleeves rolled up. There is to be a planning process. People may have forgotten uh, back in the deep mystical past of six years ago. There was a community-wide planning process called the uh, uh, Mission Community Plan uh, that uh, was fully developed and actually, actually created a series of proposals that would have produced about 40% of the new development in uh, the mission being affordable to households earning median or below income. Uh, the city did not implement that plan. The city passed resolutions saying it was in, it was its intent to do so. So what the moratorium does is say we're going to go back to that people's plan and we're going to update it and we're going to make sure that the new plan that is required and you're not going to be able to build any market rate housing until we have this new plan, that this new plan addresses the great deficit in affordable housing that's occurred in the mission. It is interesting. More market rate housing has been built in the mission in the last five years than has been built in three of the counties of the Bay Area. Suburban counties don't allow housing development. More housing, more market rate housing has been built in the mission than in uh, uh, three Bay Area counties, entire counties. Uh, uh, San Mateo County doesn't build any housing. It is extraordinary, A, the amount of housing being built in the mission, and B, its price. And what Proposition I attempts to do is, will do, it doesn't, won't attempt to do it, it will do, if it's passed, uh, uh, use state land use power, by state I mean city land use power, to uh, 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 equalize housing opportunities for all San Franciscans, which is the official policy of the city and county of San Francisco. It's called the housing element, and it's part of the general plan to ensure housing opportunities for all San Franciscans. What's happening in the mission is housing opportunities for only a select few in the mission. Now, now with this uh, connect, let's see, I have two questions. But the first one was, now we have, I don't know if there's a campaign around it and so on, but Prop K, which will, uh, right. which will look at, look, look at, which will direct them. If this, as I understand, they're supposed to be quite looking at this before, but they'll try to attract them to look at city property, which could be available, what they call surplus city property. So if A passes and I passes, then K would, 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 take, would direct the, the department heads to take a look and see what, uh, what land is available to just do just what you're talking about. Is that right? Right. right. So that's connected to... People, people will remember three years ago the big battle on the waterfront over a, a market rate high-rise condominium 
uh, on uh, uh, the waterfront. That was on public land. That was on port land. This year, Proposition D, the Giants' proposal, is on public land. And the Giants are running around town bragging that they hit a triple, saying that 40% of the units to be built on public land will be affordable to households earning up to 140% of median. Our question and the question of the housing uh, 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 advocates, the affordable housing advocates uh, to the giants was, how come it's not 100%? It's on public land. Proposition K says, from here on out, if you use if a a piece of land is declared no longer needed for the city and therefore available to be sold to a market rate housing developer, fifty percent of the housing on that site must be affordable. Um, um, it is a crucial change in city policy, and it if it was in effect, Proposition D would not be 40% affordable. It would be 50% affordable. And the big battles that we've had along uh, the waterfront would be kind of moot. So this is a critically important bit of uh, public policy. So let, 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 let me sum up a bit. So we're saying get out the vote. Get out the vote. Hey, brothers and sisters, get out of your hotels, get out of the get out where you hang out. And then uh, for one, at least, uh, they're, they're talking about uh, they're doing what they can to make low turnouts, too. They're those people who want to see these things defeated, of course, we have their, a vested interest, like that vest, or their vested interest to make sure that it's a low turnout. But what we must do, am I right, Cal, at this and the last Friday before the first Tuesday, is to encourage people whenever we can to vote. So far, we're saying yes on A. The uh, yes on I and yes on K, uh, just to begin with. Is that right? Absolutely. We, uh, uh, the, 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 it's incumbent upon us when we're, we think we're in the middle of hell to keep marching forward. Okay. Um, out the uh, the, we must be fearless in that determination to vote because they're banking on, they're counting on, us not voting. A low turnout. And uh, we have to take all their money. We have to take all of the bullshit that they're mailing. Mm-hmm. And we have to turn it around and still vote the right way. And it is, we need to vote basically yes. Because this ballot has been decided by the good people. The measures on the ballot are generally good measures. So you vote yes on A, you vote yes on F, you vote yes on I, you vote yes on J, and you vote yes on K. So we're always told, uh, uh, and it's true, political scientists have done studies, that negative campaigning depresses turnout. Right. That that uh, too attacks and personal attacks and counterattacks, the kind of stuff that Christensen is trying to throw at, at Peskin, is all aimed at suppressing turnout. It, it feeds cynicism and a sense of powerlessness. Well, many of us 
understood that that's the era that we're in and really made an effort this year to put things on the ballot that are positive, that require a yes vote. Now, we've been inundated with no money, uh, 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 so there's a lot of no, no, no in the mailbox, but don't let that keep you from being fearless in your pursuit of these measures. And, and uh, speaking of some of that money that's been coming out against some of these measures, we know Airbnb has been put it, put in millions of dollars to try to defeat Prop it's F. north of uh, $8 million. Right, right. Oh, just within the past couple of weeks, we've known it's been more, more than $8 million and, and then some in various, their own various little side projects of um, insulting San Franciscans with billboards um, right. that say, you better thank us for the $12 million in taxes. Um, <laughs> And uh, yeah. which, of course, we know is paid for by the hosts who are paying right. the 14% uh, hotel tax to San Francisco. So, you know, the marketplace uh, just, just stands to profit. But my question is, who, where's the money coming from for no on Prop I? Who are the it's sources? coming from developers. Coming from the same developers that, uh, as I said, that are supporting Prop A. Uh, um, uh, market rate developers. Uh, the... Uh, State of California uh, Realtors Association, which is basically uh, a voice um, uh, for uh, realtors. I mean, who has a vested interest in new construction of market rate housing? The people who get 8 10% commissions for selling their units. Mm -hmm. So the realtors have poured in, uh, the California State realtors have poured in a ton of money. So uh, when a, when a group such as uh, the various Democratic clubs that have come out against Popeye, against, the, for instance, Alice B. Toklas, which has a long, kind of a conservative background, well, when they you, come out against uh, Popeye, uh, no, say no on I, are they getting money? Are they getting the money or donations from these well, various interests? You have to How understand who, Alice, who the Alice do, B. Yeah. Toklas uh, Democratic Club is. They are gay realtors. Uh, anybody who understands the real estate industry in San Francisco knows that there is a substantial uh, presence uh, uh, in the realty uh, uh, sector of the gay community. Uh, uh, we have uh, a total and complete uh, um, uh, openness uh, uh, um, and, and gays are allowed to participate in every aspect and they participate of our social and, and economic life, and there's a significant number of gay realtors. Um, and uh, they are particularly, um, I'm going to use it, to, they are particularly vicious. They are fundamentalist market jihadists, and uh, they want no restrictions. They're the major source of opposition to rent control. They want to see rent control repealed. And any, any controls, they are heavily opposed to Proposition F, uh, any controls on the marketplace are anathema to them. And it's kind of ironic that Ellis B. Toklas is the club they knew. She, I, I often wonder how, how, how many revolutions per second she makes in her grave. Yeah, yeah. The, 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 she's primarily you know, one of the things. She was, of course, a, uh, known for, uh, for uh, Gertrude Stein, and she's primarily known for the invention of the Ellis B. Toklas brownies, which is the first public vetting of, 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 of hashish brownies right. that we know of that goes back way more I have almost a century. Century, and yet here are these guys, here's these very conservative gay real estate are taking up her name to make a 
it sound right. It really makes it's, it sound it's cool. It's important for those who are interested also in a little bit more recent history. Alice B. Toklas opposed Harvey Milk's election to supervisor. That's definitely right. And we have the Harvey Milk, which is the progressive gay club, Harvey B. Milk, that had taken opposite stands on all of these things. Certainly strong of yes on I. So that's happening. So let's continue. Let's go to F. Now, uh... Now I notice one of the one of the that probably came to by having all their groups uh, groups of meeting and so on. What's the best slogan to use? Is that the, the, the no on F slogan, which is just too extreme. Yes, just which too is supposed extreme. To, since we got this long lineage of of extremists and extreme right. terrorists, uh, right. just too extreme has all that baggage, and yet now we see it everywhere. Right, just and they're too hoping extreme. that people that that knee-jerk voters will say, oh, right. that's so good. It's just too extreme. Too extreme. Diane Feinstein is too extreme. These are extremists, long, long-known extremists. What, in in effect, it is is uh, from Airbnb's point of view. First of all, let's get it straight. There's only one opponent to Proposition F, and that's Airbnb. Uh, one business, and they're opposed to it because if F passes, it will reduce their profitability dramatically. So that's what's too extreme for them, is to lose profits. Uh, the other way of saying it is Proposition F is too effective. Um, and uh, that's what they're objecting to, is to its effectiveness. And what drives them crazy is the private right of action, is the ability of San Franciscans to sue to enforce the law. Now, private right of actions, people should understand, is what is the heart of the Voting Rights Act, what is the heart of the Civil Rights Act, what is the heart of the prison movement, every person saved uh, uh, from public execution was done so through a private right of action, the ability to go directly to court if you are directly affected by a governmental action. So it's the heart of the Constitution as well. Certainly, how they give us a right to assemble. Well, well, All of that. Go ahead. You know, they're very clever. If you're eight million, well, they're not too clever. But if you're, if you have eight million dollars, ten million dollars to spend, you don't have to be clever. You just have to be hired. Get some hired guns. Well, you ju- you just repeat the same lie over and over and over and over again. Right. And, until until people start big, to believe you, know, you. One of the big lies is that this private right of action means that you, as a host, will be sued. No. What it means is the deep pocket will be sued. Airbnb will be sued because Proposition F says, unless you are a legally registered unit, you cannot be listed on a website. And if you are listed on a website and you're not a registered STR, you can be sued up to $1,000 a day. That's what Airbnb doesn't want to happen. And more importantly, Airbnb doesn't want it to happen in San Francisco because they know if it happens in San Francisco, it will happen in the rest of the world. Right. So, so this is about, everybody talks about the sharing economy and everybody's pissing and moaning about the sharing economy. This is the first time it's up for a vote. And I'm not some naive fool. I know that we're swimming against the tide. I know that we have a tough road to hoe. But it's important for people to understand that this is the first time people have a chance to vote on it, and we're going to vote on it. And it isn't going to be the last time we have a chance to vote on it. We're going to put it back. If we lose, we're going to put it back on the ballot. We're going to make it better, and we're going to put it back on the ballot and let Airbnb spend $20 million next year. And certainly not the last time to get into the streets. 
Best of the time to have a variety of tactics. They're not the last time to continue. Whatever happens on Tuesday, we're going to continue. In fact, next week, uh, I want to do a post-mortem called Where, would, where Do We Go From Here? You're definitely well, invited to come back, uh, uh, Calvin, and take a look back. That's well, nobody, what... nobody will speak honestly about what happens. I mean, that, that's one of the unfortunate realities of San Francisco politics. If everybody loses, it's going to be, well, it's because we got outspent. Well, that's bullshit. We all knew we were going to be outspent going in. Well, I'm talking about some positive response, how we can uh, continue to go forward, how we can do more together than we can do on our well, own. Unfortunately, the reality of progressive politics in San Francisco is when you take massive losses, you don't talk about it. Well, we're hoping to transcend you that. Know, and, and, You're welcome right here, Calvin. Uh, 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 I, I'm, I'm getting old enough now that I want to talk about it. I want to talk about That's what the we're strengths about. that we have, and I want to talk about the weaknesses that we That's have. That's what I'm saying. And uh, uh, I don't, uh, I don't know uh, who else wants to talk about the weaknesses. Everybody wants to blame everybody else. Well, we're hoping uh, to transcend. It's all going to be. I'll tell you what. It's all going to be. We got outspent. They, they just outspent us. Well, you damn right. We didn't know that going in. Uh, uh, how many voters did we register? How many precinct organizations did we create? How many alliances, meaningful alliances, did we make with people who do not look like us, talk like us, are of the same color? How many alliances did we make? How, what kinds of coalitions did we make with people on the other side of town? Do we even know the way to the other side of town? And uh, people forget the scope of politics in San Francisco is immense. More votes will be cast in a municipal election in San Francisco than is cast in the state election of North Dakota, South Dakota, Wyoming, Delaware, New Hampshire, Iowa. And they get two U.S. senators and a representative. And if we get 100,000 votes and lose, we get diddly squat. So the scale of politics in this town, of electoral politics, is immense. And people have to get serious about that. This is not, I'm sorry, about the mission. It's about the whole city. That's right. That's what I'm this saying. This is not about getting everybody you know who looks exactly like you, sounds exactly like you, eats the same food you eat, and you know listens to the same music all in harmony. It's about getting people that you don't maybe even like to deal with Voting the same way on a matter of public policy. And of course, and nobody on the left, nobody progressive in this town wants to talk about that. Well, this is the guy. Uh, the, well, you and I go back and we both have fond memories about uh, Saturdays at 409 House up in the Hate way back then in the early 70s and the 70s, in the late 60s, where we but we did, did our best to bring people on a Saturday morning who normally wouldn't seem to sit together in the same circles. Right? Am I right? Absolutely. Absolutely. That's our Red And the name of the show, and I think, uh, you know, but I want to repeat it, is, right. is the Common Thread Collective. Absolutely. Cast a wide net, find the common thread, and let life flourish, and don't panic. Keep it what? Keep it organic. Keep it organic. So that's the philosophy, so I want to... So I just, uh, let me finish with... Go ahead. Okay, take keep a going. look, if you can find any yes on I 
campaign literature, if you can find any yes on F campaign literature, take a look at the endorsers. Go to the voter's handbook, read the voter's handbook. Take a look at the breadth of the coalitions around both of those measures. And then take a look at who's no on I and who's no on F. Good point. Yeah, exactly. And it should be obvious to you that when you put together, as we have in F, the Building Trades Council and the Sierra Club, the West of Twin Peaks Council and the Haight-Ashbury Neighborhood Council, the Apartment Association, which are the <laughs> landlords, and the Tenants Union, something is going on here. That there is a profound sense that we're in this thing together and this thing is threatening us all. And you would never know that from the $8 million campaign. It's too extreme. Well, here right. I just picked up, I just did my mailbox. Uh, uh, today I picked up a few, and I'm sure there's going to be a lot more. They're waiting for the last few days to really begin to sock it to us. Here's one. It doesn't even say no on F, but that's what it's about when you see it. It says paid, paid for from San Francisco for everyone. No on Prepositionage. Major funding by Airbnb. There it is right there. It's Airbnb. And it doesn't even say no on F. You're supposed to look at it and say, well, that looks neutral. This looks objective. But it's anything but. And Calvin, we've been around a long time. We're both graybeards. And we know how to read the, between the lines. But they don't even, but they know that most people don't know. And they look up and they can, uh, they can, here's an economist blast building, building pause. There's thousands of economists. All of this. All of this, it's, it's, and then the one, we imagine our man, our man who's being, who's being libeled up there in North Beach, I'm talking about Peskin, I mean the one from Peskin, I even got my nail box, I'm way, far, way away from Prop 3, which says he's a, his drunken all night things, all of that, you've probably seen that one, <laughs> Peskin has a picture of Peskin, which could pass for the devil, and that's the <laughs> he's laughing. I think a little demonization is happening. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it is. It is. But understand what it's about. Wow. It's about perpetuating a sense of powerlessness and cynicism. Right. That uh, uh, that that is aimed at at saying it it makes no difference. It, it makes no difference if you vote. Why vote? They're all bums. Peskin's a drunken bum. He isn't a drunken bum. Aaron Peskin may be many things. He's not a drunken bum, you know. And and the the notion that that if we can pour enough dirt on issues, if, you know, Proposition F is about neighbors spying on neighbor. Right. Horse pucky. Right. It's not about neighbors spying on neighbor. It's about neighborhoods having the ability to enforce decent fucking neighbors on a multinational $25 billion corporation. Uh, I would hope neighbors could spy on corporations. We know that corporations spy on neighbors. In every part of ways we don't uh, even know. Uh, so, I mean, it, 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 it is about producing cynicism, producing a sense of powerlessness, and producing a belief that your vote doesn't matter, they're all corrupt, it's all stupid. It's all wrong. 
don't even participate. Right, discouraging people and, and feeding into the general malaise that so many right. and that ennui Absolutely. that people feel saying, well, what does my vote count yeah. anyway? Absolutely. But I was just uh, talking before this on Women's Magazine and how uh, what you started out with, which is the fact that if you don't vote, that does more than if you do yes. vote. And, and, and if you just want to throw in the towel and wait for something to happen, Amen. you're not participating, not you're happen. not moving no, toward anything no well no, yeah <laughs> things it, will happen yeah won't any of it be good not, for you not what you're asked not what you'd like to happen <laughs> and a footnote before we began to come full circle we began i was i was looking at all these candidates all these candidates that uh, they really believe that they have a chance for president all the republican candidates and one thing i see them have in common that not they they all love to give the impression that they've never read a book uh, the philosophy, uh, the, 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 some take on history, some take on philosophy, some take on psychology, some take on all of that. It has nothing to do with each and every one. If you saw them, you've heard their talk, give the idea they've never opened a book, have no intention of reading a book, never read a book for recreation, and that's totally separate of who they are. Okay. And then we have a, a, a man who we're told is a, uh, is a neurosurgeon who claims to believe that wants our vote who claims to be that in fact some some uh, some super being called Jehovah Yava uh, created the earth in six days literally rested on the seventh day the earth and the heavens in six days and rested <laughs> on the seventh day and uh, claims to believe that that's literally true and that's what he believes even though he's got enough suppose he has enough education to be a neurosurgeon now that's a bit odd isn't it in this day and age it's beyond odd uh, it's it's um, it's suicidal. Uh, yeah. It's it's socially suicidal. It is it is. Uh, I mean, what people have to understand about you know you shouldn't take the Republican uh, um, candidate and primary race uh, for anything other than it is. And what it is is a long scream of despair for a party dominated by white people understanding that whites are not oh, going right. to be the majority in this country It is nailed it, Calvin. And, that's exactly right. that's what it all stems from. And so they'll embrace a black face that will say that. They will embrace a Latino who will say that because they actually believe that uh, uh, anybody else gives a damn about whether or not White Republicans continue to control this country. You know, it's it's a very bizarre, socio-suicidal death wish of a national political party. It, we have not seen anything like this since probably the end of the Whig Party. And people ought to go to their history books and, and read about the end of the Whig Party who couldn't figure out what to do about slavery. Could not figure out. We're confused on the question. I mean, the Democrats then weren't confused. They were for slavery. That's right. The Republicans weren't confused. They were then they were against slavery. The Whigs couldn't figure out a position, and they disappeared. Collapsed. Excuse my language, up their own asshole, and we're about right. to see that happen with the Republican Party. Well, hey, that's at least we got some good news here. Now let's <laughs> cut to the chase a bit, because I'm feeling I do. I look at these guys. 
And they say, have they ever read a book? Do they ever just lie down their couch? Do they ever read a history? Because you remember Clinton used to put on a list of the books that he said he was writing, really good history, reading, really good histories and things like that. Obama, you know that he reads. And these guys say, don't blame reading on us. We want no part of it. I'm listening. And that's, uh, that's the subtext I got. But let's talk a bit about, let's cut back to the chase again. I'm, uh, we want to, whatever it goes, we want to have right here next week, I'll, I'll look back, I'll get some folks, I'll look back on how we could get organized over the Community Congress, what we need to do to continue, because it's not going to end on Tuesday, that's for sure. Nope. And uh, we have to find some way to find that common thread and continue it, let it flourish, continue to bring the artists in, continue to bring the people to cast that really wide net. You know, Calvin and I, we've been, th we've been talking about this and doing it since the first Community Congress and before. So anyway, here I, so let's talk about a bit to cut to the chase. I like that word, cut to the chase. Now this is uh, this is get to get out the uh, GOTV, get out the radio, get out the vote radio. How people in the next few days, how people can connect, uh, uh, can connect uh, to, uh, to to help get out the vote. What do you suggest? Do you have any 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 place we can gather? Where any websites they can go to? Any well, way we can make this happen? Uh, uh, come to five eight eight cap this weekend and. Every night uh, here on out, we're going to be doing street visibility uh, for Proposition F and Proposition I. Uh, and uh, we're going to have people on the street. We're going to have people with signs on the street. We're going to be passing out literature. We're going to try to create a, 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 uh, as much excitement and knowledge that Tuesday is an important day as we can in our base communities. If you're uh, in the Haight-Ashbury, uh, 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 you uh, come to Haight Street Market, uh, you will find volunteers there that can direct you elsewhere. We're doing AM bus stops. Uh, uh, go to your bus stop, uh, uh, talk to people, hand out literature. Uh, this is the, the push. In District 5 and District 9, in the Mission and in, in, in the Haight-Ashbury, uh, a majority of people still cast their votes on Election Day. They do not vote. I, I, I didn't look today. I looked yesterday. Um, in all of District 9, 4,000 people so far have voted absentee. Uh, uh, there are over 35,000 people registered to vote. 4,000 have voted absentee. So that's 26,000 yet to vote. So we've got people to talk to. Uh, we've got people to convince to, to get off their... Um, uh, um, excuses and uh, uh, get down to uh, uh, vote to a polling place or they, from now on you can go to City Hall anytime you want during the day uh, and, and vote. vote at City Hall. Which will then give you time to work on get out the vote. Correct. Now, District 3, uh, but where Peskin is running, now he's got some really strong union support. I mean, not just union support in terms of some financial, but a lot of their a lot of their organizers are now working. I know as uh, Local 2 and SSU are working to get uh, Peskin elected. Is that absolutely, right? Absolutely, absolutely. And is, are they also including, I hope, uh, this idea... Oh, no, no. I, uh, you've not seen the Peskin signs? The Peskin sign is Aaron Peskin, yes on I, yes on F. Well, of course, yeah, you know, I have. So, and, and, and that's why, good. why do you think Airbnb is pouring over three hundred thousand dollars in, into an independent uh, committee? To defeat Aaron Peskin. Right, so they're the ones who are portraying Peskin as a diabolical, alcoholic, uh, crazy Sp guy. Neighbor spy. He's uh, <laughs> spying on neighbors and. Shoot. So, hey, brother, listening to. Hey, Val. Uh, 
It sounds like we got we got quite quite another three three days ahead, four days ahead. Take it away, sister. Oh, it certainly does sound like we've got more than that. Uh, a lot on a lot on the plate here for San Franciscans to to feast upon and uh, and hopefully uh, you know choose those right morsels so that we can move forward uh, as a city um, and 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 protect our our neighbors, our neighborhoods, and kind of going back to what we were talking about a few minutes ago about the 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 wide coalition of people who support Proposition F. I just want to give people an idea of some of these these very disparate uh, groups and individuals that you may not see ever coming together like this. Um, for example, people who are in favor of Proposition F, of course, we've got the Share Better San Francisco, Share Better SF Coalition, but we also have people like Senator Dianne Feinstein, and um, <laughs> we've got Tom Amiano and Mark Leno, We've got the Unite Here Local 2, uh, the West of Twin Peaks Central Council, um, the, uh, several former city planning commissioners, um, and current ones as well. The San Francisco Labor Council supports Proposition F, Haight-Ashbury Neighborhood Council, Hayes Valley Neighborhood Association, Transportation and Planning Committee, District 5 Action, um, San, a group called San Francisco Tomorrow, uh, the Sierra Club, the San Francisco uh, Labor Council, Coalition of San Francisco Neighborhoods, San Francisco Apartment Association, SF Tenants Union, um, the list just goes on and on. Um, supervisors Avalos, Campos, and Mar, um, the San Francisco Council of Community Housing Organizations, plural, and even former Mayor Art Agnos. Uh, I mean, geez, I mean, can you believe that the SF, uh, the San Francisco Taxpayers Association, um, Quentin Cop? I mean, we've got so many, well, Val, so many various, you know, well, factions of San Franciscan society coming together to say. We got to pass this. Well, Val, um, all that's good. It's said well and good. They're putting their names up here. But as uh, as they're talking about, when you listen to NPR, you hear the word, the word, the phrase is boots on the ground. And I believe that the next uh, the, the for the next few days, what we need are boots on the ground. Is that right, Calvin? Uh, we certainly do, and we need uh, your boots. Uh, most importantly, we need boots on the ground to the polling place. Uh, we need people to, as I say, get up off their excuses and uh, go to the polling place and vote or go to City Hall from 9 to 5 every day. Right. Come out and vote. Including Saturday and Sunday it will be open. Now, are there any are there other measures we should particularly mention? We, we hit the, well, the we, we didn't talk about Prop J much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Please, you mentioned J. J is 24th. Is J only 24th Street or is that no, city No, no, it, 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 it is. It, it sprung from the drama that, that transpired on 24th Street. Um, who you, uh, uh, David, rightfully pointed out not long ago was probably uh, that portion of 24th Street uh, east of Mission between Mission and Patrol is probably, is certainly one of a handful of the last old San Francisco neighborhood commercial shopping It's my stroll. In, in the 50s, it was Grand Avenue North Beach. Uh, in the 60s and into the 70s, into the 80s, in fact, you know, Heat Street was my stroll. But now, if there is a stroll for people, for people not to bunch of kids up, on, up and down Heat Street, it happens to be 24th Street. And let's keep right. it that so, way. So what uh, Proposition J would do is create uh, both a fund and a process 
to save legacy businesses is to put neighborhood shopping streets with old-time businesses in the same category that we place historic buildings that you could apply for if you meet a criteria for continuing service on a local area in a local area you can and the owner of your building if you don't own the building if, if you're a business that, that that is a tenant and many of the oldest businesses on 24th street and in many neighborhood shopping streets are in fact tenant commercial tenant businesses that you can apply for uh, should you be threatened with eviction uh, city funding to uh, uh, meet uh, your economic needs and uh, uh, it creates a legacy business fund and a process for the designation of businesses and nonprofits as legacy businesses in order to preserve some fabric look we talked we've talked exhaustively about housing housing is critically important. I have spent my life in this town trying to deal with providing housing for uh, uh, people of, of moderate uh, uh, or low income. Uh, uh, but that isn't alone what makes a community, what makes a neighborhood. Part of, part of what makes a neighborhood and, and part of what makes a viable neighborhood are businesses that meet the needs, the human, cultural, and commercial needs of the people who live in the housing. And the, 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 we're not talking about national chains. We're not talking about Dunkin' Donuts and, and uh, Arby's. Uh, we're not talking about McDonald's. We're talking about those stores, those corner stores, uh, uh, those neighborhood cafes uh, uh, that have that maybe hired us when we were just starting out, who maybe we learned how to work in uh, uh, that neighborhood business, uh, uh, that certainly uh, allowed us to bring our loud and boisterous children uh, uh, and didn't kick us out. And uh, uh, all of those things that make life, that, that transform a place to live into a community is in large measure centered around the neighborhood shopping district. And what makes San Francisco neighborhoods so viable is that they, you can actually, I mean, you've raised five kids. I've raised five, seven kids. Okay, sorry. I've, I've uh, raised uh, two children and three grandchildren in this city. You know that you can live entire weeks at a time in a neighborhood that is well served by neighborhood serving retail it's never true. have to leave the neighborhood never yeah. have to go downtown never have to get on a bus to buy something critical it is absolutely essential so. for the creation of a of a sense of community is the, a viable neighborhood serving retail district that's what proposition j is about so it's not only about housing uh, uh, it's about saving uh, neighborhood commercial serving retail. Exactly. Well, and that, that's what Prop J is. Well, that's, that's why it. Why would you vote yes? And uh, yeah, and uh, I believe it's called the lower, in this case, the lower 24th Street Cultural Corridor, which includes that all of that, uh, which is up and down from Petrero all the way to Mission and beyond, the lower 24th Street. And which reminds me, we got Ticolote. We got, uh, we got uh, uh, Mission Loco, 
which uh, which comes out of as a spinoff from the uh, UC uh, Graduate School of Journalism here. And we have this show, well, this show, in which uh, with the doors open, which is a chance in which uh, a chance. So I want to uh, I want to bring this. I want I have this view of bringing these three together as a media. A media for putting out this as we continue to go on because we're not going to stop. You said that very clearly and very well. So I want to say that next Friday at three o'clock, I'm inviting folks by those who will to talk about where we go from here. And I know we have the we have we have experience with the community council of community congress and things like that. I'm sure that people are going to be talking about that these kind of coalitions that are not just people signing off on something, but boots on the ground, people coming together to talk. About about it, to have each other's backs, to see how we can to get on the same page, get out of the box they want to push us in, put us in, and push that envelope of cultural, social, political, and human change. Do you hear me, Calvin? I hear you. So anyway, so now, hey Val, any last word? So next Friday, we're going to, we've been every every week for every three o'clock, every Friday from some, we've been advancing with this, bringing people through. So Calvin, anybody who you'd like to bring through, we're going to be putting it out there. I'm putting it out now. If you want to be part of this discussion, if you want to come together and uh, come in, and if you want to listen to it, just go to mutinyradio.fm and you can hear us streaming, uh, streaming live on the candidate. You can call in. In. You can call it uh, streaming live around the planet on the internet. Plus, the podcast goes up immediately after the show. Am I right, Val? That's right, and that's what we're here for. So, that's thank you, Calvin for. Welch, for You're joining welcome. us. Thank you. For the uh, it's a great uh, pleasure to have you here, so we can break down so so many of these things that that uh, do often keep people away from the polling places. But of course, reminding folks that. You got to do it, uh, even if you're not quite sure what's going to ha- be the outcome. Um, get out there and vote and get informed. And uh, we are here at the Common Thread Collective for the people, voice of the people, putting out around the planet. And uh, you can join us again, like Diamond Dave was saying, next Friday here at the corner of 21st, 21st and Florida, Florida here right here in the Mission District of San Francisco at Mutiny Radio. It's a funky space and you'll enjoy it. If you haven't been here before, we're looking forward to seeing you and uh, looking forward to seeing you down at the polls. So uh, don't don't get discouraged. Get out there and vote. So come on through. The door is open. And give me what you got. And I hope it's a good thing. Uh, it's a resort. Uh, uh, spoken word, uh, whatever way you can express your culturally, we're casting a wide net, we're finding, finding a common thread. Hey, Calvin, thanks for coming through. The door is open.
Stereo MCs, a live track of Connected, uh, the writings on the wall, get connected, stumble, you might fall if you don't know what's up, or figure it out, or uh, ask people and, and reach out and get connected, I don't know, do I need to spell it, I don't think so, I'm just kind of used to talking, I guess, this is radio, I'm Global Val, um, happy Friday everybody, it's October 30th. And uh, we just had an extensive conversation with Calvin Welch, a local politico, um, about a lot of the important propositions coming up on in Tuesday's election. So we hope that you get out there, get informed, uh, stay connected, and get to the polls. Um, but we have a, a new friend joining us today, um, John Scott. Hi, how are y'all doing? Welcome, welcome. Uh, good to have you through. And Thank you. Yeah, as... as 
listeners out there know Common Thread is about having this door open and letting people come in and uh, say what they got to say. So, uh, John, what do you what do you come to? I know you got a poem you want to share with us today, yeah. and a little bit of a little bit of background. So, um, so well, um, I actually uh, heard part of the show when I was coming in, and uh, you guys were talking about the local election. I've been paying more attention to the presidential election. So, and uh, you know. Uni Radio, I don't know who you're rooting for, but uh, I am personally uh, rooting for uh, Bernie Sanders and Hillary Clinton. I actually think they can make a so if they could just stop competing for press time. <laughs> so, now, Val, I really do appreciate the opportunity to be on your show. So, uh, here you get a lot of listeners who download every week, and uh, I would actually like to be a part of your show every time I can make it in. So, well, happy to have you, John. Oh, and uh, you know, today's my birthday, so this is kind of a, a birthday present to myself get to be on the radio. I see. Happy birthday. So, yeah, I'm 29 years old today. It's a fine age. So, may it, may it be great for you. Uh, I want to give a shout out to my uh, people in New York, Brooklyn. <laughs> if you listen, you know, if you get down with uh, Mutiny Radio, remember Scotty. So it's your boy. And uh, all my people in Atlanta, Dirty South. So what's going on with you? I haven't seen y'all in years. Anyway, uh, I am here to tell y'all a little story. And uh, afterwards, I got a little bit of a poem. And uh, let me start off by making something very, very clear. I was not in the military, but I worked with the military. And um, what I actually did was uh, I uh, started out as uh, a beta tester for Google. I was uh, beta testing Google Glass and it led to a lot of uh, networking opportunities. Uh, I got to practice my um, my uh, mechanical engineering skills when it came to drawing something up on the blackboard for, uh, for NASA's uh, Mars Rover Curiosity. And, uh, yeah, it was one meeting, sat down with an engineer and, uh, uh, drew up uh, a couple of different designs for, uh, a Mars rover. That was, that was actually pretty cool. So, which, uh, led to a little bit of government attention, little spooky kind of stuff. Uh, got to play around with some new toys I'm not really allowed to talk about. So... But um, if you like Iron Man, if you like the superhero Iron Man, you're going to love what's coming out in the next couple of years. And actually, President Obama did run his mouth about it. So you can find it on uh, uh, the Internet that, uh, yes, the United States government has been working on plans for a robotic exoskeleton fit for combat. So furthering the war machine one step at a time literally machines uh -huh. literally machines you're saying yes yes and uh what i got to do was uh play around with the uh weapon systems and uh the helmet so and um 
I got it all done when I was in New York City. I never even had to leave the country. Uh, after that, I, uh, I got a video chat about the same day from uh, somebody I had no idea who they were. I, I had no idea how they got my Skype or anything like that. Um, but it turned out to be an unnamed terrorist organization. It was later found out to be uh, some of the core members of ISIS. Now, um, this led to me being rather well let's just say I don't respond well to intimidation and they gave me the ultimatum you can build for us or we can kill you and that was on Skype coming towards you that was on Skype coming now you, towards me okay now you had mentioned that you had worked on the weapon systems and on a helmet does that mean that you were a, that you worked for somebody who was a contract employee of the defense department or something what does that mean and the devil is in the details for sure in this kind of case the details in that is uh, i was uh, i was approached by uh, a member of the military uh, uh, higher up with some brass so i believe it was a general so um, i can't disclose his name um but uh, he uh, wanted me to work on a, uh, a undergoing uh, Pentagon project. And um, what, uh, what ended up happening was uh, they uh, shipped what they already had to me that day. That day, it all went by very quickly, very expediently. Well, how did they pick you out as a person who might have some expertise? And it sounds like uh, this was all under the radar. There's no contract side. It very was much under the radar. There's no contract sign. I mean, we have all these contract employees who are working in Iraq. There's even more. They're talking about maybe we boots to the ground, but it's already people have signed contracts who are working for various government agencies, Department of Defense, CIA, or whatever, but they're doing that under, under contract. But that wasn't you. We're talking about some un informal uh, connection. That wasn't me. I was some guy came who said I'm a general, who you believe is a general, came to you and said, we need you help in developing weapons. Is that right? Well, yeah, yeah. And uh, like when uh, I was working on the NASA project, uh, I'd actually made mention that uh, I had had some ideas for some weapons that I wanted to produce. Um, but believe me, after the story I'm going to tell you, I am not in that game anymore. Well, you said NASA project. You're working on NASA project before that. At that time, were you in contract? Were you getting a paycheck from a, from NASA for doing which, whatever it is that they well, wanted you to do? Actually, it wasn't under contract. It was a simple consultation. It actually happens quite frequently. Um, so, and uh, payday did come around. So it's, uh, it's a very long, complicated story. I'm actually uh, writing a book about it. And uh, I got a working title for it called uh, Symphony of Chaos. It's actually it's a, great uh, title. Yeah, it's a story about my life. So, and, um, well, uh, this whole uh, this story is just uh, like an excerpt from it. And, uh, you know, I wish I had more details. I wish I had the people that, you know, I could well, I wish, if wishes were horses, beggars would ride. I'm accepting you as you are, where you are, sitting here at this table. This be Common Thread Collective. Is that right, Val? That's right. Right. So give us that you've written something or you have something on your phone you're looking yes, at. Yes, Please yes. read it, and we'll let people come to their own conclusions. Is that right? 
Yes, okay. Okay, go ahead. Okay, well, I mean, as I said, uh, um, this, uh, this led to a uh, conflict with some terrorists uh, who uh, came to New York City to, uh, well, basically fulfill a promise, or at least try to. So this was connected with that Skype message you got from what you believe was ISIS. Is uh, that right? Somehow. Maybe. Yeah, well, at the time, I didn't know what ISIS was. Nobody really no, knew. Before ISIS, Nobody sure. really knew what ISIS was. So this was uh, the first week in March 2012, when basically the only people that really knew about ISIS were the CIA. Well, we began to hear about jihadists, and uh, so on, but ISIS was, you're right, about to emerge in the, in the public media. Take it away, brother. Read what you have to read. So, well, okay, this is a little poem. Uh, called Discretion. Discretion. Gun cocked, bullet locked, crouched and ready. Elevator. Ding! Footsteps, slow and steady. Come out with your hands up! Allah Akbar! Three through the door, bullets spray and they fall to the floor. One still alive. No prisoners. Knife to his chest and splatter. Clean up. Never happened and we were never here. But that's an order. Bodies in the bay. Honor bound to silence. Gave my uh, gun to the Bin Laden killer. Blonde, green eyes, beautiful, deadly. Laugh it off and hide the fear. Honor bound. Silent for years. Thank you. So you're saying. Thank you. Uh, thank you. So you're saying that you, uh, I mean, I'm taking this literally, at least probably literally, uh, to agree that you uh, had a gun and you gave it to this blue-eyed guy who was part of that team that, uh, that uh, helicoptered in to Pakistan, who turned out to be part of that team, they helicoptered into, yes, into, uh, to, uh, to, to get Ben Dollar. How do you know that? Well, I mean, uh, um, as, as I kind of rose up and I got this attention from uh, the military and the government, uh, I got kind of temporary VIP status. So, and, um, well, I mean, uh, there was a series of three, three attacks, and uh, I managed to survive two of them, and, uh, you know, uh, when... Uh, we had found out that more guys were coming into the city. Uh, is this the city of New York? Yes, city of New York. It was actually in Manhattan. So, so more ISIS guys were coming in, heading in your direction. Is that uh, how I'm to interpret this, maybe? Well, not today. Not today. No, I meant back then. Yes, I mean, yes, I went, back then. Back then in 2012. Or, yeah, or back in, uh, okay, back no, in uh, 2012. All this basically goes under what would most likely be classified as a ghost war. You know, stuff you're not supposed to know about, stuff that, uh, you know, the government would prefer not to disclose so that uh, there is no panic so, but I mean, you know, this is one of those events that uh, there was a serious breach in security and we actually had some dangerous people in the US. So I'm sure there's a lot of the various kinds of, uh, of uh, sleeper groups and so on and so forth and people, but, uh, but what I'm getting from you is that somehow you were targeted, is that right? 
You yeah, feel you were, I, was, I mean, you were certainly targeted. If you're quite close well, to was, give a gun to one of the Barga Bun, Bun Laden uh, uh, death squad. No, no, no. You misunderstand. You misunderstand. Well, I, 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 I want to understand. Tell well, me. Okay. Um, I, uh, you know, after I got off the Pentagon project, I, uh, you know, uh, was basically given a little bit of privilege to uh, uh, try and pursue my own defense contract. So where um, I uh, did come up with a prototype that was supposed to be one of the fastest guns on earth. It was an absolute lead spitter that could uh, uh, easily breach 1,000 rounds a minute. And you say you discovered that. You did the engineering somehow. Actually, yes, I did. Yes, I did. I uh, worked out all the specifications and, uh, you know, uh, did a 3D design and uh, had uh, the uh, build commissioned. Um, so I believe it was a, uh, a private company in, uh, um, I think, Pittsburgh, I think it was. And um, so uh, that was uh, the second attack. The first attack, they uh, actually uh, strapped a bomb to a van in Times Square. And, I remember that. Yeah. Um, well, it was smoking, but it didn't blow up for some reason. That was, yeah, it was a that car. Was, that was a... The one in the papers was actually a separate attack. Okay. That was a separate This attack. never made any papers. No, this never made any sort of papers because we wanted to keep a full press blackout because we wanted to avoid any sort of panic. Well, what this we is is what uh, I'm still... Because the we is, 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 is semi-anonymous. This is all under the radar. But there was a... That, uh, not just you, but there was a we that was working together that was called upon to do, to do various tasks uh, from below the radar, which you were, to above, above, the, above the radar, whether, whether it be special forces or whatever you want to call them. Is that right? Well, let's see. Okay. First attack, bomb on a van. Uh, we uh, got it away from like you know, a densely populated area. We got it onto a side street. Uh, the bomb was uh, fixed to the gas tank uh, with an electromagnetic uh, magnet. We uh, got it off of the vehicle. I got it off the vehicle. So got it out to the center of the street, tried to disarm it. Cut the wrong wire, the timer accelerates, and uh, I go, oh shit, take two steps to try and run away, the thing detonates right behind my back, throws me into a car, knocks the wind out of me, and I have permanent hearing damage in my right ear. Second attack. So, so, so this detonation was something that never made the news in Manhattan? Uh, we had the streets completely cleared out. I mean, you know, when a, when a blockade goes up, and you've got uh, police and military uh, guarding it. In Manhattan, a lot of people just keep on walking, do not ask questions. So in other words, they had been alerted. The powers that be the local, the cop, the military, the local cops had been alerted, had blockaded the street, and there you were with, the, with this group, the we that we're talking about, with this well, van. Me and the military, me and the military. We're with you, okay, with this van, you and the military, in this van that turned out but you discovered to have a have a have a magnetic bomb on the bottom, and you guys pulled over, and then you went in. You're just you said, "Let me do it." With the, the military, the van was parked in Times Square, and the, uh, it was on a timer to detonate. We uh, uh, discovered you know, it. It was a suspicious vehicle. The military checked it out, discovered it had an explosive device. 
Um, so I got wind of it. Wind told, of it. Yeah, I got word of it because uh, you know at the time I was actually like really involved with what was going on. I was let in on all operations that were going on in the city. So, all operations. Well, look, brother. I mean, this is a. I quite some really mother. This is something that makes my head go what 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 that I you're know, we're we're in like a world. Quite a story. It's okay, well this is. I think I don't. I I think we got we got a good uh, take on what you're talking about. I'm thinking about it, and uh, uh, and it kind it kind of blows me away. And uh, uh, but here we are. Hey, th- th- Bob Scott, thanks for coming in. What do you think, Val? Yeah, thanks for coming in to share your story. You know, we we uh, like to be able to uh, let people come in and tell their story. So that's pretty much what um, we're at the Thanks for joining. I appreciate it. I uh, know it's it's a very complex story, and a lot of your listeners are probably going like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> it kind of reminds me of something you hear on George Nori. You know George Nori, Dave. So, I don't. You know George Nori, who's AM radio no, I don't late night. To, the only radio I listen to is NPR. I'm sorry to say. But anyway, but it sounds so just, like a, it sounds like a bit of a conspiracy thing with the use of. But then, but the point is, brother, they say the devil is in the details, but so is the angel. So I'm getting this, but it seems to be a little bereft of details because there's things that you know which you don't feel quite ready yet to say. Whether this cast of characters, and there, well, there are things that I don't know because of just out of firsthand experience. But the we, whether there people, was no debriefing or anything. Like there's no debriefing, and you mentioned some of you think may have been a general. But you, uh, but I don't. I don't need to think. May have been a general, although he never said that. Although he never gave gave, gave you his card. Although he he just. It sounds like yeah, I met a guy a in a bar it, kind of story. I met this guy. Yeah, a lot of this guy. I met this guy in a bar. Well, look, I can wish you well. I wish you well. And here we be. We're trying to. We're finding that common thread. And so, hey, Scott, uh, uh, thanks for coming in. I don't even know if Scott's your real name or if just as a pseudonym. It sounds yeah. like a well, pseudonym. you never know. John Scott is my real name. Well, John Scott well it's good enough for your real name, so it sounds like a pseudonym. Here be John Scott. Great Scott, John. You've t- taken my breath away. Thanks for coming through. That's what I have to say to you, bro. All right. Thank you very much. Okay. All right. What goes up? Pony, let the spinning wheel spin. You got no money, and yeah, you got no home. Spinning wheel all alone, talking about your troubles, and yeah, you never learn. Ride a painted pony, let the spinning wheel turn. Did you find the directing sign on the straight end?
painted pony on the spinning wheel the spin folks hey thanks for listening to the common thread collective we're here at 21st in florida in the mission district of san francisco our doors are open as are our ears anyhow we've got uh dave back here we got our friend richard sandrell welcome back richard hey. thanks richard, for being it's al- here it's always so good to see you richard good you're part you, and parcel of our but I, well, yeah but since it was on my mind Richard, Richard, you're part and parcel of our collective, that's for sure. We're on the same page. We're on the same wavelength. We say the past shakes hands with the future of the now, right now. Speaking of the future. But we have folks out there, put in your, uh, put in, uh, put in your schedule, put in your handheld device, put whatever. My B-Day is coming up. Hey, Val. Oh. Hey, Richard. I'm going to be, as of November 11, 11 12, 37. Uh, 19, 11, 12, 1937 is the day I came on the planet. You, sir, 1937. That's the the day I came on the planet. You can do it on the math. You can do it on your math. You can work it on your fingers, whatever, because that's quite some time ago. Is that right? Quite 11, 12, 1937. How much has happened since? How much have I seen? uh, To cut to the chase, I'm going to be 78 years old. 11, 12, 2015. Still on the planet. And uh, and in fact, uh, so my B day uh, last year might uh, yeah maybe but my B day will not be at eleven twelve. My D day my B day that's my birthday will be eleven thirteen Friday the thirteenth, two thousand and fifteen. Friday November thirteenth, two thousand and fifteen. 
And I thought we'd start, and everybody out there invited all my friends, come on through. We'll start. Do you remember my B-Day party last year? Uh, yeah, we went over to, well, after the show, of course, we had a celebration here on Common Thread Collective, which we'll do, of course, that day as well. But then uh, after the show last year, we went over to Adobe Books on 24th Street and had uh, kind of a, an open circle of uh, performances, readings, little music, uh, celebration, poetry, pull a book off the shelf and read a passage if you'd like. Um, it was great. And then we, then we marched through the streets uh, to Revolution Cafe. Oh, that's right. I, I was trying to remember that. And that was quite a quite a, a, a crew of people, wasn't it? Anyway, but we're going to be doing it again. If it's not broken, why fix it? But we're going to be doing it in that way. We're going to be in. Uh, Jorge Molina will do an opening ceremony. I, I'll call him and make sure an opening ceremony right here, maybe there as well. And we'll start here, and then we'll have that procession going to it. People can either come with us, either meet us here, do our show, put it out there around the planet, and then we'll have a, a procession to Adobe Bookstore, which uh, which is uh, uh, which is uh, there. I had uh, spoken before of the lower 24th Street Cultural Corridor, which Adobe, uh, Modern Times, uh, 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 with the bookstores of Modern Times, uh, Cat Books, and Adobe. A perfect place for a B-Day party, as we showed last week, and will be food for the body, mind, and spirit. So as I say so many times here, if everybody have, have brings what they have to bring, I'm talking about literally and metaphorically, brings what they have to bring, nobody will go without. And we're going to have Felipe is going to be calling in a few minutes. Well, anyway. He's on the phone now. Okay. That fits in. Because I wanted to also make it uh, give what you can because it's free, but it give a kind of fundraiser. And people would like to help help uh, make this happen. Uh, make this happen. Very special day. So, Felipe, are you there? Yes, I'm here, David. Thank you. Okay. Hey, Felipe, we're talking about, uh, we're about this special day, the Thanksgiving uh, council, the Thanksgiving ceremony to help get Leonard Peltier out of jail. So, Felipe, welcome back. And, and you, this has been your vision. This is what you're dedicated to make happen. Why don't you talk a bit about that? Well, David, man, you've uh, been, you're my elder. You're just a few months older than me. That's right. So I, I respect you. You know, I've always said, uh, David's my elder, and uh, much respect to you, David. It's an honor to know you, my brother. You've spread a lot of love throughout the world, and I'm sure that you have a lot of relatives there that love you in San Francisco, as well as different parts of the world. I'd like to cover this evening to bring the attention to you relatives out there that are listening, that uh, we're trying to get a relative out of prison. It doesn't just relate to human rights. It relates to our rights to walk this planet in a good way to think about what impact we're having on the earth and that we do have a say in this. We're trying to elect the right person to represent the will of the people instead of what the corporate controls. We understand how corrupt our government is and we understand the plight of our, our planet, our mother earth, that it, it gives us our survival, that deals with us every day and tolerates our desecrating the water, desecrating the air desecrating our walk of life as human beings sometimes we lose consciousness the effect we have on the planet the effect we have on each other our spirits and what we're all about how we address each other it, it's all a part of it there's a lot of healing has to be done in this world and i hope that people focus on that it's good that people enjoying your life enjoying the good jazz music that i love 
it's good to give give a thought about our planet, give a thought to the water, the sacred water, and how it's becoming more and more valuable. And to think about when I was a child, how my grandfather used to tell me, someday, son, we're going to have to be buying water when it should be a it should be a, a a gift to the world without having to pay for it. But now we know the water is contaminated, so we have to depend on people to filter it for us. Well, getting back to our relative Leonard, uh, we're going to have a ceremony at the prison. It's about 80 miles from here. At this time, I'm in the High Springs, Florida. This is kind of like my home base. This is where I come after the summer of going to all these actions and stuff. So uh, we're going to have a ceremony, a prayer vigil in front of the prison where Leonard's at. Then we're going to caravan. The ones that are coming from this area, we're going to caravan to Greenbelt Park uh, near Washington. Uh, we're asking folks to, this is a time that we all stand together. It doesn't matter what color we are, what tribe we come from. If you're a human being, you are a spirit, and you have a heart. And let's have a heart and think about we need to get our relative out of prison. That's all a part of our rights as human beings, our human rights. If we, we just assume that everybody's being dealt with in a justifiable way. Well, we know better than that. So I am asking all you folks out there, if you can't make it, help somebody else get there. It's really important that we, we stand up together. I hope people realize that. And people that go to church and believe in all re different religions, it's all a part of that. It's all a part of what we talk about on Sundays, to bring that with us the rest of the, the, rest of the week, the rest of the year, to think about, we talk about love, compassion, about Good Samaritans and all these things that we talk about. It's a time now to show some interest and show some consideration, some compassion for some of our relatives that need our help that way. And I always talk about the spirit of the bear that gives us all courage to stand together. So I hope people realize how vital, how important this is. And I want to sign off now and say I love you, all you relatives out there. Peace be with you. Peace, love, and flowers to the world. And let's bring, let's make that a reality by standing up together. And I love you. All right. Well, I love you too, Felipe. Now, what I'm about well, listen, to say, David, David, I want to say again, uh, you, you, <laughs> we've been been down many trails together, many roads, many. A lot of them have been crooked roads, but we've had the courage to go down them roads. It's Whether true. it be the test side, the nuclear waste, the Ward Valley, all these places that we've gone to, David. And I recall St. Louis when we went and did a, a, a vigil at the at the federal building when Leonard was coming up for trial for, right, for his trial. 85. I remember going to we was all volunteered to get arrested and then they let us have a section of the park. But we was there supporting him many ways, many times. So I want to say, David, thank you for this opportunity. All you relatives there that are doing this radio station. I really love the jazz and uh, the good music you play. And I just heard a little bit of it. But anyway, peace be with you all. I love you. Adios. Hey, I mean, hey, Felipe, so good. I was just about to say, I was just inviting all the folks within my earshot to come to my B-Day party. As you pointed out, I'm a little, I'll be 78 year, years old, uh, 11, 12, born in 1937. And I'm going to have a yeah, B-Day party at Adobe <laughs> Bookstore here on uh, Adobe Bookstore on Friday the 13th of November. 
and what I uh, what I want to suggest, what I'm putting out there. The show, of course, it's food for the body, mind, and spirit. Bring what you have to bring. Nobody goes yeah, without. But just a second, Felipe. Well, let me, well, hold on a second, Felipe. But what I okay. want to do is to uh, ask people if you'd like to, uh, if uh, people would like to make any donations. We we'll have a donation jar there. We we'll have a tip jar up there. Any donations that are that are given will help me get uh, because we're such a good team at this kind of event. Will help me to get to D.C. for Thanksgiving for this. Uh, for this gathering for Leonard Feltier. Do you hear me, Felipe? All right, David. I got a sleeping bag for you. And listen, don't fall off the stage here. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> now, wait, I was sober. It had nothing to do with that. I've been sober for many years. Felipe oh, can attest that. to that. I know that, dude. But, uh, but I know, I'm just buddy. kidding. Just joking I'm around. You're on the wagon, and I respect you so much more when that you're on the wagon. I don't buddy. say the red wagon. That's good on the wagon, whatever that means. I'm on the red road, the, the, which is the warrior path, which is the sober path. And, uh, oh, you weren't in the Black Hills. Loud hog, red David. feather. Wait, let me finish. Hold on, Felipe. Just hold your word. And red okay. feather. I just want to do this prayer. Red feather with Saint Lakota, or, or, or loud hog with Saint Lakota. This is the prayer of the Red Road from the Lakota. And I would say this, and uh, I would say it in English. And we go back and forth. And this is the prayer I want to go out because this is a blessing to all of that. And hopefully we'll get me there to be on our side and uh, be the kind of team we're so good at being to make things happen in Washington D.C. Lafayette Park in front of the White House and then the Green Belt. Here's the prayer and I want to end, uh, end it with this. Uh, this is the prayer of the Red Road. Great Spirit, whose voice I hear in the wind, whose breath, lives, give, whose breath, breath gives life to the world, hear me. I come to you as one of your many children. I'm small and weak. I need your strength and wisdom. May I walk in beauty. It's called the Beauty Way. And I want to say that I hope that uh, the past shakes hands with the future of the now, right now, Felipe, dancing sideways down the way, rainbow, the, uh, the, uh, the ribbon of time, the path ahead lit. And that's uh, lit by so many things we've done together, Felipe, the last time in Florida, outside the gates of the Republican Convention, feeding the people. But let it continue. Yeah. Uh, let it yeah. continue. Let it continue. And all I want to say, I want to say is all my relations to Mataka and so hopefully I'll see you in D.C. around about Thanksgiving in the Green Belt and right in front of the White House. So I'm putting it out there now. Do you hear me, people? David, I hear you, too. Thank you. Thank you, David. Also, I want to say uh, blessings to all your relatives out there. And uh, even if you're not able to go there, you'll be there in spirit. We will be. And just keep in mind on that over Thanksgiving that what it's really all about, how our relatives came here when they... People came from, relatives came from across the ocean, different parts of the world, that we showed them how to plant the, the squash, the corn, and fed them in a good way. It was all about giving and sharing. So let's share this together. Let's all share this ceremony. It's going to be a beautiful ceremony. It's a ceremony for all our relatives, all mankind. The four-legged, the ones that fly, and the ones that crawl, this is for all creation. Hey, so Felipe. understand that importance. Thank you. I can feel the Spirit speak is, uh, uh, speaking that through you, and there you are. Thanks for calling. We're going to keep on we're going to keep on talking about it, brother, week after week, and let people. I talked to for my brother Four Winds. Uh, he, he's connecting, so the whole is greater than some of its parts, and we will be doing more together. Six thousand of our brothers and sisters walked out of the prison gates today because of, uh, uh, Obama's uh, pardoning. Uh, walked out. 
these are people for various drug crimes and so on, so-called, who are sitting in jail on these enor- on these enormity of these maximum, uh, maximum, minimum things. They walked out today, so by all means, take it away. Hey, Felipe, love you, brother. Love you too, David. Thanks for calling, Felipe. And yeah, we want to let people get out there to Washington, D.C. area around Thanksgiving uh, for that prayer vigil in front of the prison where Leonard Peltier is imprisoned, uh, followed by a caravan to Greenbelt Park in Washington, D.C., to uh, ask for clemency, a uh, pardoning. And uh, no better person here to follow up, uh, uh, follow that topic here than uh, our friend Richard here, Richard Sandrell. Uh, <clears throat> do you have uh, at the common thread there uh, uh, after the storm? It's uh, one of the ones that I after the for. storm you, uh, from today's it's, uh, it's contribution. Bill, Bill Miller, and it's on the at the common thread. I will look for it. Okay, <laughs> just just thought I'd throw it. Or, okay, or, and after that, vivid dancers, either one. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, hi everybody. Uh, this has been a great show, and I'm really glad uh, the people are getting involved with Leonard uh, in in a big way. Uh, I have a butt. I have a, the original button eye that I've been wearing for all those years, and uh, Leonard's breaking through on the other side. My my button's worn out, so I think I hope that's a metaphor that uh, Leonard's breaking out. Anyway, that's my hope and prayer. Well, there's been a lot of things said today, so I think maybe some of my stuff will relate to it. Uh, I might have read this last week, but there's a reason I'm reading it again. Uh, the king in his lair. The crawling king rests in his lair, curled up at the computer, using his tail to type. He tires of internet play. Too much energy expended on useless information. The last story on Yahoo News is about people showing their butt cheeks. That just made Snake flick his tongue and roll on the floor with laughter. These two-legged seem to be progressing somewhere, but the king is not sure where. The king used to enjoy a good night out of going to cafes, wears his sunglasses, listens to a good night of poetry, prose, rants, uses a shaker held by his tail to shake in approval. Now he finds poets replaced by tech heads talking shop. Their ability to carry on a normal conversation outside their tech world can be get, sometimes get very strange. Poets show their age and are not being replaced by a younger who can't, well, you know the story, those who lived here left and no longer able to make it. They say goodbye to a place they love. The more and more is lost. Another in a long line of dispossessing that began in 1492 with the attempted annihilation of the people. At the 50th celebration since that summer, will there be a death watch for poets and poetry in San Francisco? Or will it be like a Fellini's movie, Satyricon, in Rome, where poets and their poems sell out and are controlled by the rich? Poetry sold to the highest buyer. Control their souls that leads to the death of writing. In the end, it's not poetry or even good prose. Though good poetry and prose lives, who will listen? Usan Empire follows its ancestor Rome by example. Wait long enough and you can kill the writer. The crawling kingsnake is concerned. Even the blues is under attack. Articles written that blues played today are no longer classified as blues, but pop, alternative. Some blues artists stopped using the term blues. Life without the blues and poetry? Snake knows something needs to be done. The blues is the mother load, one of the few things that came out, good things that came out of the empire. This music can't die. It's the source. The king scratches his head, flicks his tongue, slithers back and forth. That's it. 
He will have to organize a death watch starting before the next big celebration. Street theater that cries out the warning that the end is near. Will these places and people who exercise their right have a place uh, have places to do so? Take the writers, the poets, the musicians, actors, and all the arts to the streets. Then ask them once they see it, will they miss it when it dies? Crawlin knows they can't miss something that they don't know they have. As Crawlin Kingsnake says, we are my babies at our crossroads. Crawling slips back into his lair and lays plans. So that's my call. Uh, 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 Mr. Welch was absolutely right about how we reach out to. Uh, the artist community needs, uh, and it has, it's not I'm saying, I'm not saying that they haven't, but we all need to start coming out. And what I'm saying that is artists need to come to the homeless uh, uh, demonstrations and, and the homeless need to come to the poets and all the artists. We all need to start looking and, and saying, hey, look, the same source is screwing all of us and we need to start joining hands and the artist community is going to die if we don't do something and where are we going to go they always say about poor people they go into poor neighborhoods well you can't find a poor neighborhood in this town anymore hmm. and when and, and so what does this mean are we going to go to fresno stockton is that where it's going to go so i mean this is what snake solution is it's not the only solution but I'm going to the Poetry Reads and I'm reading this and I'm asking the communities there. I say, look, you're not used to doing this, but you're going to have to or you're going to have to do something. This is Snake Solution. Start talking to each other, to your brothers and sisters, and come up with something. Either that or it's going to die. And as you heard me saying earlier when talking to Calvin, that we were going to, that we're volunteering, being part of using the first hour or so of the show every week to help make this happen. So wherever you happen to be, and if you see people who are ready to come down, ready to be into it, and join that discussion, which people can hear here, wherever they happen to be on their handheld device, on their laptop device, uh, their handheld device, on their laptop device, uh, on, device, their, device. Uh, on their PC device, to hear it, come down and be part of it. And we want to, I, I would never say we're the voice of it, but we're a voice of just what we're talking about and to be continued. Whatever happens Tuesday, this is the last Friday before the Tuesday to come, election day. But whatever happens, we're going to pick ourselves up. We're going to go forward, put the pieces, and keep on rolling. Do you hear me, brother? Yeah, Do you hear me, sister? Do you hear me, fellow human beings? Because here we be. All right, this is Willie the Shake in his play. This is for uh, the Halloween. Willie the Shake and his play. Pain and deep despair in the land, a William Shakespeare play of madness, deceit. Know the eagle's wing is broken and the gardens are not growing right or ripe in their time. Flora and fauna move north and south to survive or die. Ugly politics are being ignored, believing that it will go away and do no harm by not participating. If true, we should be in utopia. Instead, there are those left with the taste of sour and bitter sadness. In my country, presidents are nothing but real estate agents who in the end, along with the black robes and their preacher offstrings, have raped its land and people for money and thought. Willie the Sheikh wrote his play Macbeth many centuries ago, spoke of evil in the land. Their gardens were dying, roots became knotted and bound as had the kingdom. A century later, evil came to this shore and at first no one noticed. By the time evil came into its full blooms, the presidents and their people had done their best at their worst. It is live evil, evil live. Wake up, wake up from your nightmare. Time has come to once again to confront, speak to power. We have been ugly so long we have forgotten what ugly is. 
Macbeth is alive, purging, killing, ignoring. He has played many roles through the century and now lives in a new empire where all is reoccurring. Everyone wants to thank me for my service and all I want to do is weep. I know the cost of empire. It sent me to do the killing and you want me to forget. Ah, oh, as good citizens we are all supposed to forget. As Macbeth lied, so do our presidents and leaders. That's what you get from empire. Wake up, wake up, wake up from your seemingly endless slumber. Yo, wake up, wake up, wake up. Word, Stop wake your crying. up. Start your, let's laugh all the way to the, to the solution. And That's uh, right. I, it's amazing. I hear, I hear the, the, all of the, everybody who comes in here, we come in here, we find we're on the same page. We're not here. We don't have to convince or be convinced. We don't have to ascribe to any ideology who wants to take us to the promised land. Promised land. It seems to be a natural phenomenon that we're on that we realize what's going on. Am I right, brother? That's right. And we're together as the Common Thread Collective because we're this freewheeling, open-ended collective and we have this tool to be able to speak to the planet. So, hey, brother, let's make it happen. I believe that's what you're saying and, and make that's it right. happen yeah. and make it a good time and invite everybody, no matter what tools, whether it be hey. the spoken word, the musical word, it's whatever tool. It's all of tool. us who it's being done to. All of us. Right. So no, we all have commonality. Uh, so that's why you call this the Common Thread. And we are here, and thank you for... Well, I want to do just one short one so that you can show that I was a sweet side to me, too. Okay, good. <laughs> All right. Short and sweet. It's very short. All right. Desert sand and snow. Desert snow meets sand. Blanket for sand to hide. Shine the desert in cloak of diamonds from stars. Earth's minds revealed. A rubbing sound of sand gives another tone in her musical quiver. This is where Earth contemplates and dreams. Life emerges from dooms of the submerged to refresh themselves. Survival for another day of circling and spinning. We travelers of the hoop. All right. So if that doesn't get your mojo going, yeah, well, this uh, it is native people who uh, who have been mostly my teachers. Well, you heard my brother Felipe. Yes, yes. He and I go back 30, 40 years. We've been a team together. And he, he's, uh, he's, uh, he does the sweat lodge of the Lakota tradition. Yeah. But he's, on that, uh, he's from the tribe that's on both sides of the border. That's where he came from, the Mexican border. Yeah. But uh, you can feel that and see that, and that's what we're about. And uh, that's why this, uh, the freeing of our brother Leonard Peltier is very important because it's a symbol of all that. That's the right. sacred hoop. Here we be. Hey, v v yeah, v so we're going to play some music here. And then coming up next. Next, we'll have James Conrad, and after that, we'll have James Ellis. And I don't know if Drift is hanging out back there. I don't know if he's come to play a little a little music or not. Um, but if anybody uh, has not gotten to do what they came to do, let us know. We've got only 30 minutes left of the show. So, and Bloodflower is going to play, too. But here we're going to play a little music to transition and see what happens next. Yeah, boy. 
Well, I feel like my mojo's working. Happy Friday, everybody. This is Common Thread Collective. And up next at the open mic, we've got James Conrad, who's going to be reading from his book, Zordo Cleans House. And uh, Bloodflower will be playing on guitar accompaniment. So, gentlemen, take it away. Can you hear me now, Val, right? Do a little again. Hello? Hello. Okay, cool. Great. Hi, my name is James Conrad. So previously, in episode 42 of Zordo Clean's House, as Zordo was carrying a bag of fertilizer from his pickup truck, he was struck by a stabbing pain in his middle that brought him to his knees. As he let the bag of fertilizer sag and slide out of his hands, his brother rushed over to him. Zordo, are you all right? And now we have episode 43 of Zordo Clean's house. Ramon eased Zordo to his feet, walked him to the car, supporting him with an arm across his shoulders and drove him to Good Samaritan Hospital. After the doctors and nurses recorded his vital signs, they took an ultrasound of his abdomen, revealing a torn appendix and a spot on his pancreas a little smaller than a half dollar. A little more than two and a half hours after Zurdo was delivered to surgery, a nurse stepped into the waiting room and walked over to where Father Leon and Zurdo's siblings were sitting. The first to notice her was Antonio, who asked, how are we looking? Well, there were no complications as far as the appendectomy was concerned, said the nurse, as all of their anxious eyes turned toward her, faces alight with a mix of hope and fear. However, we have found a spot on his pancreas, so we are going to keep him overnight for observation and run some more tests. Okay, said Antonio, voice quivering, uncertain eyes darting around the room for a moment. But he's not going to die or anything like that, will he? The nurse looked Antonio in the eye with a reassuring smile. Your brother will be okay for now, she said. In the meantime, all we can do is wait and see what the test results are. As everybody stood there with solemn expressions and anxious stares, Antonio took a deep breath, glanced at the ground, then looked back at the nurse. All right, he said. Just then, Father Leon put a hand on Antonio's shoulder. Don't worry, he said. No matter what happens, no matter how bad the news turns out, we'll all pull together and fight for him. We did it before. It's not like we got a choice, said Ramon with a sigh, his expression flat. Thanks a million, folks. Tune in next week for episode 44 of Zordo Clean's House. Thank you. Thanks, James Conrad, and for reading, for writing, for reading. And then thank you, Bloodflower, for playing guitar. And uh, yeah, I like the, the fact that the family is pulling together around their sick brother. Um, seems to be a theme this week. So sending out love, peace, and healing to everybody. Uh, we love you. Play a little, throw a little song on here while we get our next performers set up at the microphone.
It's all about the love here on the Common Thread Collective. We love you. You know who you are. It's all of you. And uh, up next to the microphone, we've got James Zealous. going to be sharing with us, I believe, some J. Krishnamurti. And uh, Bloodflower, you can start to hear him now on the piano. Go for it, gentlemen. Thank you, Global Val. Snow was melting fast in the mountains, for there had been many unclouded days and hot sun. The stream had become muddy, and there was more water. It became more noisy and impetuous, crossing the little wooden bridge. And looking up at the stream, there was the mountain, surprisingly delicate aloof, with inviting strength. The snow was glistening in the evening sun. It was beautiful. Caught between the trees on either side of the stream and the fast running waters. It was startlingly immense. Soaring into the sky, suspended in the air. It wasn't only the mountain that was beautiful. The evening light, the hills, the meadows, the trees, and the stream. Suddenly the, the whole land, with its shadows and peace, became intense. So alive and absorbing, it pushed its way through the brain. The 
land and the watcher all were caught up in this intensity and there was only the flame and nothing else meditation during that walk beside the stream on a path which meandered gently through many green fields meditation was not there because of silence or because the beauty of the evening absorbed all thought it went on in spite of some talk nothing could interfere with it meditation went on not unconsciously somewhere in the recesses of the brain and memory but it was there taking place like the evening light among the trees <laughs> meditation is not a purposeful pursuit which breeds destruction and conflict it's not discovery of a toy that will absorb all thought as a child is absorbed by a toy it's not the repetition of a word to still the mind it begins with self-knowing and goes beyond knowing on the walk he was going on staring deeply and moving in no direction meditation was, was going on beyond thought conscious or hidden and a scene beyond the capacity of thought look beyond the mountain in that look are the nearby houses meadows the sheeply hills and the mountains themselves when you drive a car, you look well ahead. 300 yards or more of that look takes in sideways. That car is parked, the boy's crossing, that lorry that's coming towards you. But if you merely watch the car ahead of you, you would have an accident. The distant look includes the near, but looking at what is near does not include the distant. Our life is spent in the immediate, in the superficial. Life in totality gives attention to the fragment, but the fragment can never understand the totality. Yet this is what we are always attempting to do. Hold on to the little, and yet try to grasp the whole. The known is always the little, the fragment. And with the small, we seek the unknown. We never let go of the little. We never let the little go. Of the little, we are certain. In it, we are secure. <laughs> At least we think we are. You know, but actually, we can never be certain about anything. Except probably uh, about superficial mechanical things. And even they fail. All right, more or less, we can rely on outward things like trains to operate and be certain of them psychologically, inwardly, however. However much we may crave it. There's no certainty. There's no permanency. Yeah. Neither in our relationships 
in our beliefs, in the gods of our brain, the intense longing for certainty, for some kind of permanency. And the fact that there is no permanency whatsoever is the essence of conflict, illusion, and reality. The power to create illusion is vastly more significant to understand than to understand reality. The power to breed illusion must cease completely. Not to gain reality. There's no bargaining with fact. Reality is not a reward. The false must go. Not to gain what's true but because it's false. Nor is there enunciation. No. Hey, James. Hey, blood. It's so good to have you here. Hey, blood flower. Taking here it all roomy. in. Here be Rumi. Bird song brings, bird song brings relief to my longing. I'm just as ecstatic as they are, but with nothing to say. Please, please, universal soul, practice some song or something through me. The way of love is not a subtle argument. The door there is devastation. Birds make great sky circles of their freedom. How do they learn it? They fall. And falling, they fall. And falling. Let your throat song be clear and strong enough to make an emperor himself fall, fall, full-length supplicant, supplicant at the door. I have phrases and whole pages memorized, but nothing can be told of love. You must wait until you and I are living together. And the conversation we'll have, then be patient, then. You've so distracted me, your absence fans my love. Don't ask how. Then you come next, then you come neat. Do not, I say, and do not you answer. Don't ask why. Don't ask why this delights me. You bind me, and I tear away the bind. Into air, in a rage. So open me into air, a round brightness, a candle point, all reason, all love. Here we be, brothers and sisters. Here be where we've been casting that white net. We've been finding out the common thread. We've been saying, get it, and this be the last Friday before the next Tuesday, which happens to be Election Day. As an anarchist, I vote. I just got a call from Prop I, 
asking you, inviting people to come. The getting out the vote is necessary. Boots on the ground, as I say. And just by chance, they called the Popeye headquarters. It's on the corner of 19th of Mission, that red building. I believe it's 2901 Mission Street. Upstairs, you'll see a lot of people coming in and out. People were going out. People will be knocking on doorways. People will be holding up signs. People were doing the variety of things to get people to say, it ain't, they might, this ain't, ain't uh, too extreme. This is just what people do to get together, to save the mission, to save the city, to save the planet, to save one another, to practice that love. Hey, Bloodflower, hey, James, hey, everybody, here we be. Hey, Richard, hey, everybody, hey, Val. Once again, come on, uh, here we be. We'll be back next week. And uh, here we be. Oh, and don't forget uh, B-Day party. I'll be talking about that next week. But come and call me. Everybody's going to be invited. Uh, Friday the 13th will be the show. My, my 78th birthday, 78 years on the planet. Still around, if I'm still around, still around. Still up for it, down for it, around for it. Still going for it. Not ready to be in for it and out of it yet. <laughs> Take it away, away, Val. Love is the key to our anarchy. Love is Thank the key people. to our anarchy. And uh, Dave, uh, I want to make a special announcement, not only in it, talking about your birthday, which we'll be uh, celebrating here in a couple weeks on the show and then over at Adobe Books, but also um, uh, Richard has uh, started putting together a very special event that's going to be happening on February 2nd at the Corret Auditorium in the main library. It's going to be honoring Diamond Dave. And um, it's going to be three hours of uh, people who have been influenced by you uh, coming up to perform, uh, to share. Maybe there's music or poetry or activism, of course, um, and to and to show Dave how much you appreciate his uh, presence and, and on the planet and his influence on your life. So if you want to get involved with that, if you want to be one of those people uh, performing, get in touch with Richard. The email address is honoringdd at yahoo.com. H-O-N-O-R-I-N-G-D-D at yahoo.com. That'll be coming up on Groundhog Day, February 2nd. I'll say once again, thanks for inviting me to calling. Any donations will be used to help get me to Washington, D.C., to, uh, to, to, to get me to Washington, D.C., so that we work together, have a ceremony, have a ceremony in front of the White House to free uh, Leonard Peltier. He's 40 years in jail. Our native brother, uh, Lakota brother, be part of the Lakota Rainbow Alliance. Here we are. Flippy, you said it so well. All right. Bloodflower, I'd love for you to keep playing while I read a poem to round out the show. This poem is called In Need of the Heat Within. We turn it up one notch per night, inching upwards to ignite a bit more to abate the chill. Warm towels stacked and waiting for me to put down this pen, bathe, and go to bed. But as always, the night calls me ever to bask as the stars shine. And I, a muttering magnet in the Milky Way, the sky opened its eye, and I barely caught a glimpse of the cloud that had lifted, lid and lashes 
of an unabashed night. Happy autumn, everybody. Happy Halloween. Be safe out there. Have a good time. Love one another. Inform one another. And uh, let's keep this train going. A quick announcement from uh, Howard. Howard, welcome. Howard, take it away. Give us your announcement, Howard. Thanks, Dave. Thanks, Val. That other microphone is much better for you. Thanks, Dave. Thanks, Val. Uh, I just wanted to say that today, being the last weekday of October, is the final day of professional mosquito hunting season. That is, uh, those on the city's mosquito abatement crew. Uh, Our season starts in mid-February and it finishes at the end of October. And so to celebrate uh, winding up the season without any cases of West Nile virus or any of the other diseases that mosquitoes carry, uh, we are celebrating and the celebration will be at 29th and Tiffany. That's Tiffany, that street between uh, Mission and San Jose. It will be starting, I guess, around 7.30 or 8. Uh, at uh, It's 8429th, and that would be exactly to the left of uh, Heavy Metal Bike Shop. If you're at that corner at Tiffany and 29th Street, uh, that is... Um, the Rock Bar, Heavy Metal Bike Shop, and then just immediately to the left, you'll see a door with the blue and gold Warriors logo on it, and that's where you want to be if you want to come show your appreciation uh, for mosquito abatement couriers who have worked uh, these last eight and a half months doing our best to keep the city safe. People like you and I, like you, because you're one of them, people like you, this is something that comes out of the community, kind of like critical mass, am I right? So in bed, well, Thank so you I, for protecting us from those fuck fucking yeah. vampires. Thank you, brother. Happy Halloween, everybody. Yeah, Keep those mosquitoes far away. Now that's scary. <laughs>
All right, one last thing, folks. Uh, one, one real quick song from Trio Cambio. And they're set up at the microphone. So, ladies, take it away, and you'll be our final act for today. Thanks for being here. Go for it. Cambio. Thank you. Thanks for being part of the Common Thread Collective, everybody. We love you. We'll see you next Friday here at Mutiny Radio, mutinyradio.fm, San Francisco. This is Global Val saying peace to all. And get out and vote on Tuesday or before. Comedy scene here every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. It's only $2. You can bring your own beer and listen to comedy here.
every Friday, 8 to 10 p.m., 21st in Florida. It's mutinyradio.fm. The House of Pride radio show, LGBT radio for everyone. Funky interviews, funky beats, talking drag queens, and much, much more. It's LGBT radio for everyone. Listen live every Wednesday, 6 to 8 p.m. House of Pride Radio, LGBT radio for everyone. Celebrating the considerable contributions of the LGBT community in San Francisco and beyond. Every Wednesday, 6 to 8 p.m. Listen here for hot new local beats by LGBT artists and listen to live interviews. Tune in. Turn on every Wednesday, 6 to 8 p.m., House of Pride Radio with drag queen personalities, Tweeka Turner and Pearl T. Are you sick of reading the news? Do you even bother to read the news anymore? Do you need someone to read it to you because it's just so disgusting and depressing? If so, then the Weekly Review is the show for you. Join Roman Reimer as Roman reads the news, whether it be LGBTQ issues, cannabis legalization, prison abolition, police brutality, or many other issues that sometimes the media just doesn't feel the need to cover. Listen in, Fridays at noon, Mutiny Radio. Roman's also joined by activists, community organizers, artists, and many other great folks working to make the world a better place. Have no fear, the news is here. And if you feel like yelling about it, well then Roman will be yelling with you. The Weekly Review, Fridays at noon on Mutiny Radio. Hello comrades. This is your comrade, Zach Wiseman, host of government-sponsored program, Communist Folding Chairs, mandated by the Kremlin to occur every Monday, 2 to 4 p.m., broadcast by our comrades at mutinyradio.fm. Sit, relax, listen to my comrades in stand-up comrade march honorably through their cold balance sets, and other comrades make fun of them. Because in Mother Russia, if you can't laugh about starving for turnip and beet, and attention, you are a capitalist pig, and the KB, KGB will visit you shortly. Every Monday, 2 to 4 p.m. Looking to invest in the future of your community? MutinyRadio.fm and the Boys and Girls Club Mission Clubhouse needs your help. Please donate to keep the Radio Clash you listen to right now alive on the air every Thursday from 4.50 to 5.50 p.m. Donations are tax deductible. Donate outline at www.mutinyradio.fm or just stop by the station at 21st Street and Florida. That's 2781 21st Street and throw some cash in the big glass jar. Stop by to experience live audience friendly shows every day of the week and know that you're supporting the future of the mission by keeping free speech alive for all ages. This PSA is brought to you by your friends and community partners at mutinyradio.fm. 
Hi, I'm Chuck Weiss. If you're an old baby boomer like me, pain is probably something you've learned to live with by now. Yes, there are drugs on the market that help, but they come with side effects and shouldn't be used for extended periods of time. But fortunately, there is an effective natural pain reliever available in this state, medical cannabis. Let me tell you about Alta California Botanicals. They're a manufacturer of fine cannabis tinctures. Now you can take your medication in liquid form, much more discreet than pulling out a pipe and lighting up. Alta California Botanicals offers five different formulations, each one addressing a specific medical concern. There are two that are designed for pain, one to be swallowed, of course, and a new one for external use only. I'm going to have to try that one myself on my arthritic fingers. There's a tincture for stress and one for anxiety. They'll certainly keep you mellow. And there's even one for people who suffer from MS. The cannabis tinctures from Alta California Botanicals come in one half ounce bottles. Each batch is laboratory tested and certified free of pesticides and mold. In other words, completely natural and unadulterated. Alta California Botanicals doesn't sell directly to the public, of course, but if you visit their website at Alta, A-L-T-A, CaliforniaBotanicals.com and enter your zip code, they'll give you a list of dispensaries near you that keep their tinctures in stock. Now here's a tip for the holiday season. Keep a couple of extra bottles of the stress formula handy. It'll help maintain your cool amongst all that shopping madness. I'm Chuck Weiss for AltaCaliforniaBotanicals.com. Do you have a great idea for a product or service but don't know where to start? Are you looking to expand your current business? Women's Initiative of San Francisco began its business management training program